One more. No, it's just a little lame. What okay. am I doing here? Are you low in or am I low yeah. in? You got this. Well, we, we can both be. Okay. Sitting in my Bentley, thinking about these hoes. All I do is kill them. Kill them like Nicole. Simpson flag crimson. Smoke them like Winston's. I just bought a new chopper. I treat it like an infant. I lighten up a stogie. It's longer than a hoagie. Tribulations getting fishy and I don't eat anchovies. The world kill them all. She answered when I call. Yeah. The cops pull us over. We back. Mike, I thought you were going to throw in some ad libs in there. No, I'll have to do it next time. Okay. We're going to figure Like I said, we, like, we're, we're still figuring this out. We're going to get a better intro. But welcome back. This is Heat Check Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Patrick, here with Cody Tallman as normal. Hello, hello. And uh, finally getting him on here uh, for the third episode, our third co-host, Michael Benjamin. Hey, I appreciate you fellas. Man, I was having FOMO listening to the other two, so I'm excited to be here, but... What was that? Is that like is us. that like the Carter Five like, or no? His that's rock album. I don't even know that. No, that's right a there. Mac Miller song. Yeah, that's, that's off a Mac. Are That's from Macadelic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, qu- yeah, the question: that's... What am I doing here? Yeah. Okay, it's been too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I well, think I drank too much when we did that. <laughs> you might have. Yeah, yeah. we uh, have some also off the record podcasts that are a little spicy. Um. We'll put those in the members only section if we ever get that launched <laughs> on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, let's just get right into it. We're gonna talk some uh, some sports today. There's a lot of news that's happened. Um, like we've been saying, um, if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is gonna be a once a month podcast, guaranteed. Uh, sometimes we might uh, add some others in there. Um, some of us, you know, Mike might not be able to make it sometimes. Cody might not be able to make it sometimes. Um, he'll probably always make it. Yeah, what do but, you? Um, <laughs> Either it way, it took me nine minutes to get here. I was gonna say he's less than ten minutes down <laughs> yeah, the road. He, he, he's pretty Bitch close. Bitch better be here. Hey, that's not very nice, Michael. Um, but yeah, so we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, we're gonna talk about Kyler Murray and his fifth year option. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Cardinals draft. We're gonna talk about the Phoenix Suns and their playoff push and uh, the acquisition of Hollywood Brown by the Cardinals. There's so much to talk about. So um, we're gonna give you our take on all of it and break it down. Um, and let's get right into that. Cody, uh, right before we launched, said he wanted to go into the draft and uh, how that went. So let's get into that first and foremost. They traded uh, away their first pick completely, right? D- did anybody see that coming? Um, I didn't. I, I, was, I didn't. I was shocked. This draft class was so weak, though, like looking at it. and Well, no, it was deep at wide receiver. It was deep at... Um, uh, defensive end there's there it was a deep draft it just wasn't a quarterback draft so that's why no one's writing about it I mean what Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback that was drafted in the first round yeah, yeah. I mean I guess we could start 20th, there Chris how do you feel about 20th that by the Chris Steelers it's funny because I think it was it was either in the first or the second episode uh, me and Cody were kind of talking about the draft and we 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 said I think we said that you said that the Steelers were going to probably draft Pickett with the and you said Pickett with the little hands with the, yeah and the little wiener you said that. Go check the tapes. I bet you he said that. He said that. Probably. Said um, but I, I, I was like, follow, keep everything I follow about the Steelers. It was like, think they were the consensus is they were going to take Malik Willis. Um, so I was a little bit surprised. But then when you look at it more, it really makes so much, so much sense because he's from Pitt, um, hometown guy, like loves 
he's loved there. It's going to be such an easy transition. He's they say he's the most pro ready quarterback, but then it kind of calls into question. Like they got Trubisky, uh, Rudolph probably still thinks he could be the starter. So there'll be a quarterback battle in that camp. Um, I feel pretty good about it overall. Yeah, Rudolph needs to go away. I don't like Rudolph. He needs to get, I fucking hit, hate he needs to get hit with another helmet. <laughs> Something, man. He's no, he's he's. I think he, they'll either keep three. And he'll stick around as the third string, or they'll keep two, and he'll his ass will be on the practice squad. I mean, I could definitely see, obviously, Trubisky taking the field for the first, I don't know, three, four weeks, and then something crazy happening, the offense not looking too great, then they'll throw Pickett in. But Yeah. Okay, that's enough of the steal. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Enough. Back to the Cardinals here. We can talk about that. I, that's okay. I'd like to start off at the beginning. I know it's a wide receiver deep league, but obviously – the whole escapade that's been going on with Kyler Murray, I think they're still trying to play nice in the front office. So that's kind of why they went and made the move to at least you can get some kind of proven commodity from Hollywood Brown. You know, a guy who yeah. had 90 catches over a thousand yards last year. Kyler Murray's probably his best friend, if you could say any anything less. And now it's about putting those, I guess, you know, bad demons to rest and trying to figure out this whole situation so we can move clean into the season at least you know because all this shit that's been going on this offseason i've had enough of it i don't know about you guys but yeah thank yeah i was just gonna literally say like uh i think me and cody have made our feelings on kyler murray pretty well known (laughs) i'm getting sick of him but it's like if there's no other viable option out there i would be i don't know and it would have to be a quarterback swap situation at this point especially you're not going to draft a kid and start him especially i mean you can't deny Kyler Murray's some of his talents. He does have ability at certain aspects, but then it's the off-field stuff that is mostly unattractive to me. But anyway, so we've sh- uh, shared our opinions on that. What do you really think of like breaking down its antics? You got something, Cody? Yeah, I was gonna say. So you you were saying that you're sick. You're you're getting sick of Kyler Murray the whole off-season, and then the team goes out and trades, sends a first-round pick to get one of his good friends. So that kind of makes me feel even more sick of Kyler Murray. What is he saying? What is he doing? He's like the little kid that's going to get his way no matter what. So then the fact that they brought in a very familiar face for Kyler Murray, obviously he's going to get his deal. He's just getting his way no matter no matter yeah, what. Yeah. It's so like they you're like exactly I, I mean I like it. I like that he's I like that part of him getting his way, but if you think about it, if you break it down, it's you know why? Why him? I mean, granted, he fits. Uh, Hollywood Brown fits the scheme exactly what we need. We don't need another D Hop. We don't need to sit here and say, "Oh, they should have got AJ Brown," which we don't need AJ Brown. We need somebody like Hollywood Brown. Um, too many Browns. Um, just as long as Hollywood Whoa, doesn't be careful. <laughs> as long as Hollywood doesn't get CTE like the other Brown, um, I think it's gonna work out great. But th- I'm just like I was thinking about that driving over here. It was like, how come he, I don't know how much, he obviously has no say into it, but I, I just want to know how much chatter he's been putting in. And then the fact that they, I know we're going to talk about his extension and them picking up his fifth year, uh, the fifth, fifth year option, but mm-hmm. you know, they're going to give him a deal. I mean, I like the move at the end of the day, right? You lose Christian Kirk, your deep threat, your guy who could take the top off of the defense. Brown's way better than Kirk. You, you bring in a guy. And he costs 2.5 million next year. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, and no, that's that's what we need, you know. But like you say, it's not just about scheme fit here. This there's so much more that goes into this. It, it now it all comes down to okay, now you got your buddy here. What can you do on your end 
to give us some wiggle room when it comes down to contracts extensions. Right. What's he needs to grow two inches. What number? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that's uh, going to happen for him unless he puts on some stilts and I'd be scared to see him on the field like, like that. But And that's the other thing with Kyler Murray's game that we have to see this year, right? He can extend plays, but, but it's year four. You need to start to see things like controlling the pocket, not so many batted balls at the line of scrimmage. His stupid-ass spin-out move every time that he tries to get out of de- uh, or, uh, out of pressure, it, it, you know, defenses are catching on to that, so now it's time for him to adjust on that as well. But you got to play nice, you know, if you're the front office and this is your face of the franchise guy, and I, I understand the moves that they're making, yeah, but to what point do you bend knee and and just say, you know, yeah, I've had enough of it, but... I'm okay with what's going on right now. I need to see the progress has been going every year consistently with Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury, right? Now it's it's a playoffs. It's a deep push or bust this year, you know. Yeah. Or else it's time to make sweeping changes. Well, it's, it's a playoff win. We got to win a playoff game. Well, at this point, man, I want to be in the conference championship. I've had three, four years already yeah. to figure things out. Yeah, You know what you have. Well, you bring in more weapons now. DeAndre Hopkins not getting any younger. It's time to go. Well, because what, what you're saying too – sorry, Chris. I know. I, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Mike no, and I just feel like bouncing no, back great. and forth. Because um, you're saying you, you've seen progression and you want to see some more from Murray when it comes to on-the-field things. What I want to see the most from him is off the field, on the sideline, in the locker room. Is he going to man up and actually be a leader? rather than a child that's right. that's the what, maturity aspect. that's what we really need he needs to finish yeah. that playoff game when they get embarrassed in la you know he can't send in the veteran in there when the veteran's going to tell him to go finish the game because he really suggests that he does he needs to go finish the game and he needs to accept defeats with his team and not be sitting on the sideline while the rest of the the starting lineup finishes the game but he's going to sit there and not finish it so we need to see leadership from him and that's really going to help them out. Um, so I, I, he's always going to have batted balls at the line. When you're five nine and a half or whatever, he's going to get balls batted down all the time. But okay. It's, uh, but how does he rally the people around him? Right. And like I like what you said there. Like he needs to be the leader, but leadership is top down, right? So it starts with Steve Kime, goes to Cliff Kingsbury, and or it starts with Bidwell, then it goes to Steve Kime, then Cliff Kingsbury, and then Kyler Murray. And so you got to wonder. Uh, Cliff is this player's coach. He's a young guy. He's hip. He's cool. He's dating models. But is he being maybe too light on these guys? And there's not enough discipline in that locker room. I mean, you would think bringing in a guy like J.J. Watt and a veteran like Hopkins who have played in that kind of mindset and together that they would be able to transform the culture. But is anyone are any of these guys getting through to Kyler Murray? And is that maybe why is it whoever has the decision making Kyman and Bidwell? Is that why they're exercising the fifth year option rather than signing him to max dollars, making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Because, you know, that's what he wants. Yeah, 100 percent. And you bring up a good point, too, is you can have the leadership coming from up top as well. But, you know, when you have guys like D-Hop or A.J. Green saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing extra work at OTAs and I don't see Kyler. Or if uh, he's over here on his phone doing all this kind of stuff, 
I mean, what are those guys doing to get in Kyler Murray's ear saying, right. hey, this isn't the proper way to be a leader, to show your team where you have to go to take that next step. We have all the skill in the world. Now we need somebody to really take us over the top and be that guy to push us further. Mm-hmm. I know he's a young guy, but what are those veterans doing to help him grow as well? Right. You know, I don't want to see it on Twitter or hear about it. I need to know what you're doing to talk to him and, and push him through that. You know, yeah, maybe they say some things. Oh, I tried. He just brushes me off. And it's like, well, you don't stop trying. Right. You know, if that's your guy, Absolutely. if that's your guy that's going to take you to the promised land, you got to be in his in his ear 24 seven trying to teach him and get him to that spot. hundred percent. But and unfortunately, it sounds like we're not getting that yet. No. And managing him with kid gloves. Like you guys have pointed out, um, bending the knee in every aspect, signing his friend, getting the coach he likes, setting everything up to make it cushy for him. And it's like, I don't want to be the boomer that's like, oh, the this generation is soft. But I mean, when it's shown that way, you can't manage tough love. So you get the kid gloves and they're just fucking letting him slide and get away with the, like that playoff thing. And then not, I mean, they haven't rewarded him with the big contract yet, so we'll see. But I, it's got to come, right? Because it's is that. Oh, he or, gets it. He gets it before. He, the yeah, season he gets starts. paid. He's already yeah, made it clear he gets paid, yeah. or he bitches his way out of town. It's inevitable. No, it happens. So them picking up the fifth year because I just looked up. I wanted to see how much his fifth year option was worth, and it's like twenty four million. Yeah, I think um, I, uh, just for the fifth year. I think I had that. Year. Because right now, I think what look at what he's gonna make this year. It's it's not a lot. Um, I think it's like four. Is it four million or three million? Because he's not going to play for that, and he—they're not going to let him sit on the sideline. I—I I think it's crazy how rookie deals are are broken down well, nowadays. You, you get a lot of money up front. You do. You yeah. get your signing bonuses and, and that. But if it's like a star in the <laughs> league, man, nobody makes up. it past their third year without re-signing anymore. Well, he gets a five million, five point five million dollars bonus signing. Okay, bonus. so his um total is. Thirteen million. What's his base salary though? That's what we want to look at. Okay, so his base is dog shit. Right, but that's he. Um, they make it up with all the bonuses. So whatever the cap hit is, is probably what he takes home. So yeah, then look at the eleven million. Oh, I said twenty four. So yeah, twenty nine. Um, look at his fifth year option, twenty twenty three. So by them picking that up, it's like, hey, give us a little more time to figure oh, yeah, this out. Million. Like, Holy just shit. chill out, you know, like. Like, we already picked it up. Like, even if we don't come to agreement on a long-term deal, you're still going to get $30 million. That's like the rookie version of um, a franchise tag, right, basically? Yeah, like, so, but they're going to they're gonna give him a deal. They brought in his, his butt buddy. They traded the... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Um, they're going to make some brown together. Um, oh, Jesus. So <laughs> but that's exactly why it happened, to give them that wiggle room to try and figure out what the next steps are because maybe yeah. you know hollywood's the one who's going to go into his ear it's like hey just take your fifth year extension you're gonna get 40 million the next or when the contract comes around anyways let's see what kind of other pieces we can build around and then by the time it's time to sign that 40 million dollar yeah. deal you know and, and they're, we're, they're just we're even closer than we are now exactly and they're trying to play a, a tough game too it's like cardinals have two years of control over him um, obviously, they don't want to sour the the relationship. But if he doesn't play, he's going to ruin his career. So if he sits out, if he holds out, he's going to his career is shot. So obviously, we don't want that. We want Kyler Murray to play because this is the best we've seen the Cardinals since we've had old ass Carson Palmer, um, which was 
you know, but the good old days. Um, yep. <laughs> Carson Palmer. But that's then, crazy to say the good old days are Carson Palmer. Well, the good old days would be Kurt Warner, I would say, but that's even crazy too. Yeah. Well, that's, that's over 10 years ago. So, but even with Hollywood, they have, um, tears control on Hollywood. And then, so they're going to have to pay Kyler. We're already paying D hop a lot. They're going to have to pay Hollywood. Yeah. You know, AJ Brown got that oh, four absolutely. year, hundred million. So yeah, this year we might be able to get by, they owe him, I think, two and a half million, like I said earlier, and then um, they can pick up his fifth fifth year option, and I think it's twelve point four million next year for Hollywood. So then they're gonna yeah. give they're gonna give him an extension because why don't you keep him around? He's about to be cruising into Brilliant. his prime this year. So yeah, well, so bringing this back, um, we wanted to talk about the draft to kick this off, and. Um, it just shows the moves they make are it continues the narrative and the trend that it's all about Kyler Murray and all about for him. So with the first pick they trade it away and get Marquise Brown so and then happy. with the second pick they get Trey McBride from Colorado State. I don't know anything about this guy, but um, he's supposed to be good, good pass catcher, he can block, he's kind of a mix. Okay. He's kind of like, he's okay, I was about to say he's kind of like a Gronkowski. By no means is even close to that, but Gronk can block, Gronk can catch. So he's sure. similar to that. Zach Ertz can't block, he can catch. Mm-hmm. Max Williams can catch a little bit, but he's mostly a blocking tight end. When right. you scheme it up, he's he's the blocker. So he'll they'll have him and Ertz and if, if with all these weapons that Kyler Murray is having and them trying to make the situation as cushy as possible for him, um Cody, you're right. I don't see how they're going to be able to pay J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown. Well, um, Watt's going to retire. <laughs> yeah, Watt probably will retire. Um, I, I don't know if they – I mean, they might give him a – if we're looking good this but even, year. That's an even better they case. They might give him like a one-year no, but that's mil. an even better case for – A Larry Fitz guaranteed 11 for mil. For win now. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, a Larry Fitz 11 mil. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's got to be a win-now situation because – they have he's that's the, like you're saying he's retiring. They got these guys that are gonna want big contracts. They probably won't be able to keep them all. Well, they paid. Who else do they have to pay? Well, they just signed Ertz, right? Yeah, so Ertz is in. Ertz is gonna be 34 by the end of his deal. Like, so he will be out the door. Buda Baker. Um, they already paid Baker. They made him the one of the well, exactly. They made they him the highest paid him. safety. Yeah, but he's locked down for another three years, I think. But it, I'm what I'm saying is it's um, a cap hit. Like. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. So I'm sure. Well, and they, it only gets more expensive the further they put the it contract on the end. It gets. Yeah, they, yeah. They worry. So about as we it, get closer to the they end, they kick it down the road. They worry right. about it later. Um, well, yeah. we and we re-signed James Conner this off season as well. Right. He's well, yeah. That's a running back. Who's who's uh, our best cornerback right now? Robert Alford. Is he even still on the roster? No, it's it's Byron Murphy is our best cornerback. Yeah, okay. So we got Murphy. Um, the rookie last year was really good. Um, I, so yeah, Al, it, Alfred's still under contract, right? Um, about to find out. Did you guys see who was that dude that we um was a Butler? What was his name? The guy that we signed um last year. Um, you remember? And then um, he retired. Before. Oh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. He signed with the Patriots. Did you see that? That's probably kind of his uh, riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Last time. Like he literally signed. Like he retired from the Cardinals, and then this year, this season, off season, he just uh, re-signed with the Patriots. Of course, that's the kind of stuff that Patrick Peterson sees, and then he licks his chops and goes on to his own podcast, and he's like, "See." 
these guys, man, they know they know the Cardinals. You can't be there. You're not going to be successful. There's a reason Larry didn't come back and whatever the hell, man. That's well. He's just sad that he can't play football anymore. Did you guys? Did you guys hear about this contract here? Um, Justin Pugh, 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 Pugh. Yeah, Five Pew. years, forty-four and three quarters million dollars. So that's where some money's going. A good. Uh, but he's but he's a good guard though. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to pay these guys as long as he's healthy. You got to pay DJ Humphreys three years, well, forty-three million. But those are the last contracts they'll probably give those two guys though. They already paid him. But yeah, you're right. It adds, like we said, it adds up with the, the salary cap. But mm-hmm. scroll down. Hudson, they're already paying him. I mean, Isaiah uh, Simmons is probably going to be the next. Yeah, he's going to be the other be a big, big one. one that comes up. Devon Kennard won't be re signed, anything like that. Golden will be gone after two. Um, yeah, so look, how many are expiring in the. So this is going to be the 2022-2023 season. So you got Justin's is expiring in this year. DJ Humphreys is expiring this year. They'll probably sign Hump. Watts retiring or um resign expiring. Yeah, he's Jesus only Christ. he's only got one year left, yeah. And Devin Kennard, yeah. So they got a bunch of these So so yeah, that's a good point. These big contracts are expiring and they could be replaced with the guys like Marquise Brown, Kyler Murray, which is likely the case where they're saying just hold on, let us look at the big picture and figure everything out and Kyler Murray's but, okay, the other thing that Mike, Mike, I'm sorry, I, I just got to flip this real quick. Um, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have the same agent. And I'm not saying that Cliff is, like, involved in that, but, like, what do you, how do you feel about that? I, no I, type of way? No, not like, any type of way. I think when it comes to coaches and at the actual players, it's a little bit different. Obviously, they're going to be in each other's ears saying, hey, I want to be there long term with you. So there was always that game plan when they brought in Cliff. It was going to be Cliff and Kyler because they knew, knew that was going to be the number one. Yeah. But I just – I don't know how you can go around and not say that you're not going to give Kyler Murray $40 million It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. The Do way that the salary cap keeps breaking – You're either all in or you're not. You, you have well, to be. Next yeah. year they're going to have to pay him $45 million if they wait because the, they're going to sign some stupid idiot like they did um, – like with the Christian Kirk with the wide receiver market or with the Deshaun Watson and the Browns, they pay him now so that you get him under control, make him happy, and the next year it's going to be $45 million a year or $50 million a year. So they might as well get – if they pay him $40 million a year, awesome. Do it. Go. You're going to have to do it because another team will. And the next year it's going to be forty-five. And I know there's a lot of headaches that come with it, but just still got to be honest. You know, He's probably the best quarterback that we've seen – as an athlete, you know, since yeah. the franchise yeah. has been in Arizona, the raw so talent, yeah. I'm okay it's with there. paying him $40 million. It's just about taking those next steps. I know he's a young guy, but you know, it's, it's time to grow up. It's time to be a leader and hopefully bringing all of his buddies in are going <laughs> to help push yeah. him in the right direction, it, but it could help him. It could hurt him. You know, as far as the draft, I'm looking here, Trey McBride, Mackey Award winner for country's best tight end had over 1,100 yards, 90 catches, uh, saying he can go outside and inside. Ideal compliment for Ertz and Max Williams. I mean, it all depends on, you know, how how uh, strong that leg's going to be for Max when he comes by, uh, you know, next time. But 
Then they get two right, defensive he broke ends. His shit. Yeah, that's right. Cameron, Cameron <laughs> Thomas from San Diego State and Micah Sanders from uh, Cincinnati. Well, now we're trying to find replacement for Chandler, uh, Chandler, Jones. Chandler Jones. Yeah, of course. You know, that was the biggest need defensive end, but they took the best available, which Mike just went over two in a row. The tight end, two and three, or yeah, round um, two, two. Oh no, round two and round three actually. Yeah. eighty-seven and a hundred. Then they don't have any uh, fourth or fifth round picks, and the sixth round they get Keontae Ingram, uh, running back from USC. We mm-hmm. need a back a backup now since Chase Edmonds gone. Sure. Uh, you don't like Eno? I mean, no. Sorry, <laughs> just be straight up honest. No, no. Uh, maybe okay. maybe ca- uh, pass catching out of the backfield, but oh, they still have um, the other guy, Foster, right? Oh, DJ Foster from yeah. ASU. Oh yeah. man, might as well just, <laughs> just get all the ASU. I know, right? all the ASU I, 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 keep, going, the keep going. Flowing. Keep going. Um, once again, Foster. it's a mystery. Uh. Uh, round seven, we get Christian Matthew, cornerback from Valdosta State. What the I can't, fuck? I, I can't. That's the one gripe that I've had with this organization for the past six years, it seems like, is how is the cornerback room not able to grow and be one of the most dominant within the NFL, especially when you had Patrick Peterson, who was a number one shutdown corner. If you just get somebody else that's a little competent alongside with them like how did it take so long i know they thought they finally thought robert alford was going to be the guy but then he hurts himself and is out for two years straight and we just can never get that room shirt up i don't understand so now you're playing catch up and then we don't spend any early draft picks to try and get a cornerback again i just don't understand what's going on with they they must think that byron murphy is the dude but I, I don't know. He is a dude, but <laughs> and then once his, his again, supporting we're ta- cast talking about bad. bringing in Kyler Murray's all of his buddies, uh, Marquise Hayes, uh, guard out of Oklahoma. He's a former teammate with Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. So well, there you go. Maybe you bring in some more guys who are in his corner to start steering them down the right ship, and we get to where we need to go. So God, is he that young? That I mean, he's still. It seems like they're he he's mending the relationship on like on both sides. Like he said, I want to play in Arizona. I want to ch- win a championship in Arizona. So, um, hopefully this year he can walk the walk and talk the talk, or whatever talk the talk and walk the walk. Because um, he's talking, he's saying this is what I'm gonna do, and he's committed. So hopefully he shows it, and um, I think time will tell. I don't know. I feel like this would be the first year where I'd actually go to a Cardinals game when they're playing the Seahawks. We can beat that ass. I'd be dumb. It's like a day trip out to Glendale. You mean when they have Baker Mayfield? We're still going to beat that ass. Come on. Oh, totally. But Baker hasn't been traded yet, has he? No. No, I think uh, we would know. Still in no man's <laughs> land trying to yeah. figure out what's going yeah. on with him. I don't think anyone wants That's got to be so weird. Like, does he go to the training facility and is like working out and they're like, huh? You're definitely never going to play here again. <laughs> well, he probably walks in and they're like, you know what, Baker? You can just go home. It's okay. He's we'll, working You don't home. have to come we'll in. Send, it's fine. We'll send the weight room to you. We'll, we'll drop off some FedEx boxes. Uh, that's great. He's just like, yeah, send us a video. Like like they did with Gronk. Like, send us a video to show you're uh, working out. You know, work from home. Yeah. Oh, what is... They probably just have him doing more commercials. Easily. An ad started playing. Uh oh, not that on a video. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I mean, that's what the Cardinals are working with. I mean, I think we could talk about that all day, and I could certainly bitch about Kyler Murray all day. Um, do you guys want to break down anything else? Do you have any left, anything else to say about the draft, Marquise Brown acquisition, Kyler Murray contract? I mean, that's really pretty much all that's going on that I know of. Uh, no, not not really. I think we touched it. Um, the Marquise Brown Hollywood. That's I'm. I love that. That's gonna be great. It's gonna be an awesome duo. Hop Brown. They brought AJ back for one year. The rook. Uh, the last year the rookie Rondell Moore. Pop well, him in the sh- the slot. The number four. It's gonna be good. It's gonna look good. That's what I was saying. Uh, Kyler's got HGH now. Hopkins Green and Hollywood. Well, he needs some HGH so he can grow. Fucking print the t-shirts, man. Even though that's not really the Ross, the the depth chart order probably no, no. Hopkins. Yeah, AJ third green probably. Yeah, you he know he just needs to learn how to turn around. Sorry, go ahead. No, you could, man. <laughs> the last sentiment is it's growth. It's got to be. Obviously, this off season, not a lot was happening. Not a lot of of big time signings either than guys that we already had. Right. So obviously they know something that probably we don't. I mean, we don't work there for a reason, but that, that's it, man. It's 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 go There's time. There's a reason man. why we have nine to fives. <laughs> it's go time. No, all right. Last thought. I'm just um, when I saw they took a tight end with the second round pick, I was a little perplexed on that. Was hoping it would have been a defensive end or a cornerback, which those are our two glaring holes. Cornerback, cornerback on the defense, but. Hey, um, is what it is, and you know they made up for it. Took two defensive ends after that tight end pick. I was a little confused by that, but um, what what was his name? McBride. He better be fucking good. McBride. <laughs> he better be fucking good, Steve Kime. I swear to God. That's a kind. Well, I'm coming for you, Kime. <laughs> so let's move away from the Cardinals and um, the draft. And on to the Suns and the playoff series they got coming up with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Mike, we were talking a little bit before we launched here. Um, I'm thinking this is going to be a five-game series. I think the Mavs could steal one, and um, Luca will assert his dominance and show, and everyone will start the talk of, oh, we should have drafted Luca instead of DeAndre. But in five or six, I'm going to say five, but maybe six. The Suns are going to get it. What what, do you, what about you guys? Yeah, let's retire Suns in four. Let's not bring those it days back. are those days those days are gone. We need it's to gone. cut it out. As much as I loved it, um, I yeah, Suns in five. I think the Mavs will steal maybe game three or game four to extend it, and then we'll come and close it out. Um, I man, just to start off, I'm so happy that this other series is over. Right, I, same. That was rough. I can't. I knew I was a little bit worried about the Pelicans going into it because their record really didn't show the team that they were, especially after that McCollum trade. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a different team. And I think that's what, yeah, they were definitely not an eight seed if they had CJ McCollum from the beginning of the season. And I'm so glad you brought that up. We should, we should re- start at the beginning um, since we're bringing you in now. Um, we have a series that was six games, right? And it was tough, and Devin Booker's injured, and I want to talk about the lingering injury. But yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but overall, like, I am so glad. Like you said, I'm glad to be beyond this series. And Alvarado was a pest, and there was that narrative with Willie Green, and so emotions were high. 
Man, I wish somebody would have tripped that motherfucker, man. He was such a pest. Yeah, I was that dude was driving me crazy. I was texting Cody all week. Like I I don't want to say I hate Alvarado, but that dude sucks. Fuck Alvarado. Did you put any props on him, Cody? Fuck Silverado. Silverado? Did I put You put any props on props Alvarado? On Alvarado to be a douchebag? I, no. Yeah, I had all my money on that. That'd be like minus ten thousand. I did have one. Those bet. odds would not be good. I did have one of my. I did a same game parlay with the Suns and Pelicans during that series, and I had Alvarado to have at least one turnover, and he didn't fucking turn it over. <laughs> no oh way. Goodness. Well, he was always like, um, it was always like he over five and a half points. The motherfucker always end up hitting like three fucking three pointers. Um. Anyway, sorry. No, you guys were on a roll. He's right? scrappy. He's scrappy. Well, I just waiting for Chris Paul to punch him in the fucking throat. But no, I want I want Mike to go I mean, in right now because he he's this is the episode three of the Heat Check podcast and he's just just now getting in here. I mean, me and Cody had the kind of episode two is kind of a bonus because um, like I said, we're gonna try and do this boner. at least once yeah. a month. We're gonna try and do this podcast. Get all three of us in here. We are. I got it in my calendar marked, and I'm gonna remind them. And they already know that we're we're stoked to do this. Um, and when we can, we'll sneak some other ones in there. But um, yeah. So Mike, I just really that's what I'm saying. I want to hear what you got to say about a lot of these stuff. And that's why we've talked. We had to talk about some of the stuff we've already covered, like Kyler Murray. Um, and but now we're on to the Suns, and we're cover and like we got the Pelican series we can reflect on, and the Maverick series upcoming. And I can think we can even maybe. I don't want to speculate and project beyond. I think the Warriors Warriors. are inevitably who will face in the Western Conference Finals. And just what are your feelings moving forward throughout the playoff run here? Yeah, are you ready for the spiel? I got a spiel. Go in. Go in, brother. The floor is yours. Um, I guess at the end of the day, the first thing, if you're a Suns fan and you had really any doubt, shame on you. This team has shown uh, the guts and the grime uh, all season long to – uh, overcome any kind of situation that is put in front of them and just clutch time. And, and we saw it consistently throughout this series. Um, good teams are always going to gra- grab a couple of games off you, especially when you're reeling and you don't have your primary score. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that obviously was only a mild strain. And we'll get more into Devin Booker and whatnot. But I was a little worried at points, especially when Brandon Ingram really started getting hot and he they was, couldn't miss a shot he was putting in you know 25 through three and that's those situations where you're like well he's still a young player in, in the grand scheme of things but he was starting to close out i mean specifically in game two yeah uh, he put the team on his back and and oh that was when we watched series. that cold beers yeah. Huh? yeah it was brutal <laughs> we can't watch any more games at cold nope. beers for the, I mean, we're not allowed to, the two feeds going on and then you can't figure out the audio and you're playing the that's audio right. yep. from the one that's not <laughs> fr- in front Terrible. and they're both eight seconds delayed it was it was madness i was gonna have an aneurysm by the end of sucks. it but. fuck that place <laughs> it's like it's crazy because um, when the Suns weren't as good, I, I don't want to get too off topic, but when the Suns weren't good and when the Eric Bledsoe days, the dark days, you would walk into a bar and it would not be on. A I mean, Sun, Suns game's not on. You'd have to ask the bartender to put it on. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's still like that for the D back. It's, it's, well, it is it's still probably going to be like well, that for a while. That's what it's well, like. Well, because yeah. Arizona sports is, as much as we hate to admit it, it's still a fair weather sports town. I mean, obviously the Suns are probably going to have the most diehard fans, but overall this is a transplant town. Chicago, New York, you know, um, Wisconsin. There's a lot of Packers fans. 
uh, LA especially, ton of Dod- the Dodgers games are all sellouts, and you would think that you were at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's fucking annoying. I, I, refi- I because I'm such a hothead, I can't even go to those games anymore because I'm gonna probably <laughs> I get go no fucking no more Doyer. But even um Doyer, even um uh with the Suns during the regular season when they were like they were on the what was it they won 17 in a row, 18 in a row, right? Yeah, something like that. That was right. I think they started what one and three, and then they rallied. Yeah, off and then they went. Yeah, so so even when they were winning seventeen games in a row, you'd walk into your local bar and be like, "Dude, the Suns are playing tonight, dude! Like, can you put it on the TV?" You know, I mean, you guys remember that one time? I like right now is bandwagon time. That's why it's. Yeah, I I I, I had just asked the bartender to put on the Suns game. It was Eric Bledsoe days are right around that time, and it was at Buffalo Wild Wings. And um, there were some regulars there that were like Blackhawks fans. Oh, the hockey, hockey season <laughs> runs concurrent to, to the basketball season. And yeah, they were like, oh, um, it's dangerous asking to turn off a Blackhawks game. And I'm like, um, do you know where you I don't know what I said, but it was like, um, I don't care. We're in Arizona and I'm going to watch the Suns game. Nobody yeah. gives a fuck about hockey. I'd asked to put on the fucking Toronto Blue Jays versus Cleveland Guardians game <laughs> over any freaking NHL game, bro. Absolutely, I don't give a yeah, shit about it. Absolutely, Blackhawks yeah. fan or not. If if you came here for hockey, get the fuck out. I I can follow hockey more now than I ever could, but I'm still not. I don't follow it, and I'm not that interested. And well, it's fun to bet on. We do, and all of us. We. <laughs> I've done. I have some done some hockey bets, but it's like, a lot of fun. We We're, did. I I did fantasy hockey once, but it's like it's not the appeal. It's all um, football first, probably basketball and baseball are probably tied for second. If I had to say. Right, but that's getting that's getting off topic into the weeds. Um, looking at the pre- playoff bracket here, like we were saying, the Suns um, are about to start their series against Dallas. I think tomorrow is Game One mm-hmm. on Monday, and then uh, Golden State won one up. Um, Draymond Green had a nasty, flagrant two where he slapped uh, was Brandon um, right in the mouth. Whoever Brandon, Brandon Clark, Clark yeah. right in the fucking mouth and drug him down by his jersey. I mean, we're not. It's nothing new from Draymond. He's punching people in the nuts and playing dirty. But I just, I don't think anyone. When the Suns are playing their best ball, nobody's as deep as the Suns. But that's been the the bear for us is that campaign isn't playing like he ha- he was. Luckily, Javale McGee though has stepped in and kind of been. But they're that's two different roles entirely. Um, Aiden's been looking good. Aiden's been looking good. He's been a double double machine. I mean, he had some trouble with Valanciunas. Um, that that dude's a solid veteran. But yeah, but he's a mountain of a man. Yeah. So what, Mike? What do you expect? Um, looking at like the matchups and the and the Mavericks roster. I know you were kind of looking through that. You said Tim Hardaway Jr. is out right now. He's injured. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to be back for next uh, series. But uh, and, and this you know can go into what we saw in the last series as well. Cody, you know, Valanciunas is big, but there was a lot of times where they went with the two big lineup with Jackson Hayes. Uh, man, we were seriously yeah, out rebounded. Yeah. Um, which I don't see that as a problem against the Mavericks. I mean, you have Dwight Powell, but their other big is Maxi Kleber, and they don't even play Bertans, and he's outside shooter anyways. But I think DeAndre Ayton should be able to have his way in the post. You got to get him started yeah. early, the same way that they did in this series, and a big part of that was because Devin Booker was out, so they didn't get Devin started and they just got it to DA early and let Chris Paul finish late. But 
a lot of the problems that we were seeing with the Pelicans, I don't think we're going to have with the Mavericks. You're not going to have a pesky defender like uh, Alvarado, you know, giving Chris Paul that many problems. Yeah. You're going to be able to put Mikael Bridges on the one main scorer and Luka Doncic instead of having to, to pick and choose, okay, is he going to be on McCollum tonight because he's hot or well, are you going to stick with Brandon Ingram? Watch out for Brunson. I mean, I he, he can filled, put Booker on him. I think you'll be able. Yeah, just well, fine. he filled uh, Luca's shoes when he was out the first couple games. Exactly, but Utah doesn't have any uh, lockdown defenders. Like uh, that's that. what I was going to say. Jordan Clarkson, no. Donovan Mitchell doesn't play. It'd be a whole other conversation. What is wrong yeah, with is. what is wrong with the Jazz that? They're losing a series when Doncic only played. Half I, the series. I think they they just have more internal issues that have kind of come to light more recently. You know, There's a lot of things. Mitchell and Rudy Gobert aren't the greatest of friends, I guess. They're, I mean, Rudy Gobert is the reason COVID nineteen spread. <laughs> I, mean, I might not be able to say that shit. Patient Here, Chris, zero. Let me touch your mic. Hold on, hold on. This is going on YouTube and Spotify. Now, I also on. wonder with them. I just tested positive yesterday. Oh shit! <laughs> them trading away Joe Ingles. I wonder how much of that really ruined the Inglis. team. <laughs> the team chemistry. I don't even know where he went. Where did he go? New York? Is that where they sent him? Pacers. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Pacers. I have no idea. I can look that up real quick. But. You know, good riddance, man. I, I would have loved to play the I Jazz because I, I would have, I would have said Suns and four on that one because they're oh a against mess. the Jazz. The Jazz yeah, are garbage. Oh yeah. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Like me, like we talk about. Like me and Cody are the degenerate gamblers of the hosts here on the Heat Check podcast. And there were so many times hey, where, hey, hey. where the Jazz would lose games that they shouldn't have lost, and where you would like think that they were clear cut. <laughs> Um, you know, favorite. Obviously, the 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 spread was appealing, and they would just fuck it up. And would fuck it up. So I knew they were weak coming into the playoffs. So I'm not surprised. Well, they at could all. only beat dog shit teams. And, and then, sometimes and they big. couldn't. And sometimes they couldn't even beat yeah. dog shit teams. Is yeah. what I'm saying. No, right. I was big on the Mavs because of Doncic, but then when he didn't play the first, well, he didn't play the first two games of that series, right? I have no idea. Yeah, it's a, two or three. But I think, I think it's two or three. That's, yeah. I didn't watch it very closely. So but. running back, going back to the Suns, like these guys, it's a new thing in the NBA where, I mean, probably for the best, they worry about the longevity of their career, but they take injuries very seriously. Whereas people call it soft, but like in the 90s, they would play through tears and breaks and whatever, like grind and grit, whatever you got to do to get through it. And probably not the smartest long term, but it is what it is. So now these guys are going out like Doncic, Mitchell, um, Booker has the hamstring like these guys uh, Chris Paul last year got injured it's just inevitable um, that players are going to get injured and it, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs um, I'm just wondering Devin Booker like I'm tying this back in Devin Booker had that leg injury and he has a little bit his minutes limited in the last game he didn't start the third didn't come in until I think four or five minutes left in the third um, not can't remember if he finished out the fourth, but do you worry about Booker's longevity through the playoffs here? And is that is he a hundred percent, or is he um, tough guy in it and coming back too early? At this point, I'm really not too worried. I mean, hamstring injuries are always hit or miss. Uh, for some guys, they can be healed up within five days. Others, it lingers. It's almost like if you take one wrong step. Um, it can pull and tighten and then you're out another you know two three games but we know what he went through last year you know damn near broke his face i think he had uh, yeah that's true i think that he had uh, leg injuries as well in the finals if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure he had a hamstring injury for those last like three or four games in the in the buck series i think you're right he did, yes. yeah 
So, I mean, young man wants it. So it don't matter. This is the time of year. You've been playing so much basketball. Things are going to be happening. But the guys like that are going to get over it and they're going to push through it, which yes. is Doncic. It depends on how the severity of it, but I'm surprised that he didn't play in, you know, to start this series. I thought he would have been ready to go, but maybe that was more so just maintenance and <laughs> they weren't worried about the jazz. Like uh, they probably didn't need to be anyways, but. I mean, this team, man, is it's next man up mentality. That's what they always say. I know it's a cliche. The Cardinals have done it plenty of other times before, but this team embodies it. And Ryan Lindley. <laughs> Sorry. Who's our other guy? Who's the guy that we took the picture with uh, at Cardinals camp? Coker. Oh, J- Jake Coker. Jake Coker. Next man up. Yep, next man up. Next man up. I said, Coke, you're going to be the future. Yeah. But, you know, those are those things when – because it's right in front of you and it's what you see in the first round – Jay Crowder can't hit anything. Cam Johnson's struggling. One for Campaign is having a tough time. And then they did what they needed to do. Game five, run away with it. But I'm also wondering, I wonder if Booker came back for game six because they were worried about uh, game seven and Zion coming back. Because I heard some rumbling that if it would have pushed to game seven, he was going to play. Now, obviously, it doesn't, it doesn't matter now. It didn't happen. But, you know, that changes the game a little bit, at least. You know, he's a physical presence. We were already having problems on the on the boards anyways. Our guys weren't shooting the greatest. You yeah. Know? So maybe that's why he came back and was ready to go for game six, just to make sure that we closed it out and didn't have to worry about something like that. That's a good point. That's a good question to ask. And I'm... Also, very. I'm going to ask you a follow-up here because you're a brilliant, you're a basketball mind. You've studied the game, you play the game, you still play the game, and you're always trying to get better. And you know what you're talking about. Um, also, uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever said this. Uh, probably not on the podcast, but you and I coached at a capacity. We coached youth basketball, and so you're a co- You have a coach and a player mindset, and you really see the whole game. In, in that situation, if Zion is healthy and ready to go, he hasn't played in a year, a year and a half. Would you bring him back in the playoffs in a critical game? At that point, yeah. It's a game seven. It doesn't matter. He's that but much of a transcendent him, talent where you would bring him back he gives you and a not worry about him throwing off the chemistry? He gives you a different type of um, advantage there. I mean, if you're going to game seven anyways, it's going to be a crapshoot. It's basically Fair. the best role that goes your way is, is well, going to be... Any team can win a game seven. Exactly. You know, and it's obviously yeah. shown throughout the entire series because it's stretched the entire way. So if you have a guy like Zion who can just change the inside game, change how they have to guard... I mean, that would be they could start getting him the ball down low in the post and going up against Jay Crowder. That's baby food, man. Like, yeah, love Jay, Jay Crowder, Crowder, but Zion Williams, like, Zion Williams, <laughs> Williamson would just work that motherfucker to the ground. Food, man, I'm it. telling you. So absolutely, it, especially if you're such a high underdog as well, you have nothing yeah, to lose. Yeah, that's a good point. I was gonna say that they're the underdog. You're a one against eight. It's an eight-one matchup. So yeah, what do you have to lose if you if you force a one seed to a game seven? Yeah, you got to throw all your chips on the table. That's a great point. It all depends on the the type of player as well. But yeah, I mean, hundred percent, it'll mess with chemistry. Um, yeah, but you know, good teams and good with good coaches will adjust and get people in the spots that they need to be to be successful. Even if a guy hasn't played for however many, uh, you know, it's been over a year now, hasn't it? Yeah. But like that's that can bring back to Ben Simmons, you know. Do, would you trust putting He's Ben Simmons 
into a game four with Steve Nash as your coach? Is he going to get everybody into the right spots to be successful? They're already down 0-3. No. But is yeah. is inputting him into the lineup when they need firepower really going to get, get you any success? He's not. That's not his thing. He's not a notorious scorer, as far as I know, Ben Simmons. like He can finish at the rack, um, but he's a passer. And Kyrie's a passer. Why, why not just have Kyrie run it? Right, and it's not like it opens the floor anymore. Not at People all. will just sag off of him and dare him to shoot. Anyways, exactly. That's totally beside the point. Um, I, I mean, that's uh, that's the only thing that I can really think of is it was a Devin Booker was really healthy, hundred percent ready to go with his hamstring, had no problems for probably the last week. Yeah. Or B, there's some semblance of kind of worry. Because of how tough this series was fought and ground out and, and a grind out, to if you have the ability to close it out in Game Six and not have to go to Game Seven, Devin Booker's a dog, man. He's gonna go out there if he's even still a little bit hurt and help his team finish it out and on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But and I think. You, you've convinced me. Like, I think you're right. You do play Zion because especially the fact I didn't consider until you were you were saying there, um, they already added C.J. McCollum and shown that you can bring in a guy, a guy who's a talent and a superstar. I mean, all, superstar, all-star, whatever the term is in the NBA. C.J. McCollum is that dude at the two-guard. All-star. All-star. Yeah, I'll say all-star. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all-star. C.J. McCollum's an all-star. LeBron James in his prime is a superstar. Right. You know, yeah, that's a good distinction. Kobe Bryant is a superstar. Um, oh, fuck, not to get off topic. Did you see there's an NFL player or a college player named Kobe Bryant that got drafted? But it's C-O-B-Y? No. I did see that there was a um, a college football player named yeah, Chris Paul that was drafted. Did. Oh, Chris Paul got drafted too? Yeah, there's – I think he was like an offensive lineman or something. Yeah, yeah, here's Kobe Bryant is a cornerback. He got drafted by the Seahawks. And how how does he spell his name? C-O-B-Y? C-O-B-Y. Okay. Um, he's the new Kobe. Um, but yeah, he's a 23. Do you think he's afraid of helicopters? He's a 23-year-old. <laughs> a little bit. I would probably be if, yeah. if I was him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go into <laughs> Okay, all right. You can get rid of that one. No, but, okay, no, I'm, okay, I don't want to okay, I don't want to go into Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a great career. But no, another thing Mike brought up um, when he was talking there is a brick house Jay Crowder. He's built so many houses this playoffs. He's a humanitarian. He's helping out the homeless community. He's getting out there. He's putting up those bricks, making sure the houses get built, and um, shooting like two for 38 out there on the field. Um, again, Mike, from a basketball perspective, do you just let him ride and start at the power forward position and let him play 30 minutes, or do you start getting guys like Torrey Craig and JaVel McGee more minutes? JaVel McGee had like... 15 points in eight minutes one game he and and 10 rebounds he was fucking killing it start mcgee and aiden at the same time i'm down yeah you want to go the twin towers route but you need yep. someone to but you need some also you can't biombo's been good during the regular season but he had a few plays where he fucked up when he's coming in the playoffs so you need almost you almost need javel to come in and not play at the same time as aiden and but who's so the next four options that you're looking at are cam johnson and tory craig if you go kind of small ball. Yeah. Because you just got to get, in my opinion, you just got to get Jay Crowder out of there. Until I, he can fix his shit, he is not helping on offense or defense. 
I mean, yeah, you would give Cam Johnson more run, um, and you'd extend a little bit of the minutes for Torrey Craig. I don't know about Torrey Craig. He doesn't look like the same player. No, I agree. Um, hopefully he can kind of get his bounce back rolling through this Mavericks series. But, yeah, disappointed. Um a little sad. Not the same. Again, Jay Crowder. I love Jay, Not man. the same player. Yeah, oh, I he was too. great last year. Yeah. I love him. In the playoffs, yeah. I am so disappointed in his in his no-show right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you look back, people will say, well, it's it's okay if he doesn't uh, shoot well. It's it's the other things he does. It's the, the hustle on the floor. It's his defense. And it's like, well, I mean, what defense? We know that Mikhail Bridges was the one who was – Taking on the primary scorers against the Pelicans, um, didn't Crowder have like five fouls like the beginning of the third quarter in one of the games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just tough to continue to run somebody out there when your one job is to score from the outside wing and you can't do it, and it's just consistently you put down six games worth and you didn't do it for all of them. What's going to really change going into the next series? Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe matchups are a little bit better. has more spacing, but the Mavericks run small. So the same way that Cody says he wants to play Deandre Ayton okay. Okay. and Javel right. yeah. McGee, they can counter you by their lineups. They'll go Finney Smith, um, Brunson, Doncic, Reggie Bullock, all those guys are smaller players. I mean, Denny, uh, Finney Smith is listed as a power forward. He plays smaller. Okay, w- wait for the Twin Towers until we see the Bucks in the finals. I'm just kidding. But okay, <laughs> no, that, so yeah, that might have to happen. It but. might. It might. But and and that's a great point. Like I think um, another thing I've been seeing is I personally have not been a fan of something that some of the decisions Monty Williams has made as a coach throughout this series not calling timeouts when I think he should. And he has a track record of trusting players that I don't think he should trust and have faith in, um, a la Abdul Nader last season. Motherfucker didn't play at all at the end of the regular season. And then all of a sudden he Did gets he even healthy. Play any, he didn't play at all in the regular season. A little, He did during the regular well, season. Well, beginning of the season, but he was out for like three fucking months. Yeah, but then he comes back and he... He had times where he played okay and he was helping, but there were other times when it's like he looked lost and it was just, why is he out there? And I look at that and him having faith in these players and, and do you, Mike, do you think he's been having questionable decision-making or do you think it's just kind of a, we got to trust him and trust that Chris Paul is also kind of a player coach and how, what, what is their balance? I know that's kind of a loaded multifaceted question. Well, I mean, your your main guys are always going to have a, a a higher say than than you know your DeAndre Aytons or Chris yeah. Paul and Devin Booker are going to be those guys who make those decisions. But it's still Monty's lineup, and he's going to roll with his guys. Yeah, it's you can't predict that campaign isn't going to be able to hit any of his running floaters or miss every um, layup that's contested. Yeah. You know, you can't predict that Jay Crowder is going to shoot one for nine for four out of six games. You know, you have to roll with the dice. Your guys have got you where, they, where they've got you now. So you have to trust them. I mean, yeah. we set a franchise record in wins this year. I'm more so just disappointed with, man, dude, it's that time, man. You got to come out guns blazing and be hitting right away. You know, like, if you're a role player, especially when your main guy goes down, Jay Crowder, you can't come out and shoot 
15% game two through five he has, when your main guy is gone. People have to pick up the slack. He's becoming like what we call a black hole out there. Mike, you've played with a black hole. It's the guy yeah, who the second he gets the ball in his hands, he chucks up a shot. And this motherfucker becomes a black hole. And not because not he's if he was making them, he's not a black hole. He's just a good cocky son right. of a bitch. But a black hole bricks every fucking shot and hits 13%. So Jay Crowder is becoming a black hole and isn't self-aware enough. Or maybe he's just... Or Monty and Chris, every you know his teammates are hyping him up and saying, "Hey, bro, I know you're missing him, but keep shooting those. Yeah, I know yeah. you make them. Keep it's, shooting them. Keep shooting. Keep shooting." They give him the green light no matter what. Yeah, he, he knows matter. he has the green light, yep. and that's his game. Is well, he's, he's had a, some good looks. He's the too. launcher. Well, like, that's he's, been, a, he's been like he's been semi open most the of the time, thing. and he just can't fucking make it. I mean, their offense is set to get those opportunities for their shooters because that's what has been successful for this team. So it's tough to not see those consistently drop. And obviously, every team goes through shooting droughts and that kind of stuff. You just wish that it doesn't happen when your primary scorer gets hurt for an extended amount of time. Those are the one times where it's like, okay, when Devin Booker comes back and drops 31 in the first half, I'm okay with Jay Crowder shooting one for seven because I didn't need it. But I need it in game three. I need it in game four. Yeah. When we're on the ropes and they're out-rebounding us by 15 – you know, every opportunity offensive, you have, you need offensive. to hit those shots. It's easier said than done. I get it. But at, those are the times where it's like, man, you've really got to step up. Absolutely. And it's that's the thing. It's tick for tack because, you know, they're, you're making adjustments. You got to adjust because they're adjusting. So you got to adjust to their adjustments. It's it's a, there's levels to this shit. You know what I'm saying? And for them to just keep rolling and running into the wall, um, Fuck, I forget. Um, who's the who's the guard that we got from the Nets? Oh, uh, Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit. Yeah, that, I think that's the guy that I was comparing, almost thinking of Abdul Nader because early in the series he was rolling out there and kind of being Jay Crowder. He was helping Jay Crowder build those houses. They were building those, throwing those bricks up. <laughs> And and he got a little better towards the end of that series he to where did. I almost was like, shit, we should maybe start sh- uh, Landry Shamit instead of Jay Crowder. That's another guy because he's taller than I thought. I thought Landry Shamit yeah, was a, a guard. But, yeah, he's 6'5". Uh, he's, he could play a three. He could play a three position or a small lineup, maybe a, maybe yeah. a four. I don't know if I would put him at four. I would go I probably, with three. Yeah. But, I mean, he's good on the defensive end too. Yeah, I was very happy with how he finished off that series. He finished well. He hit he, key he, shots he, when he, he needs made me to. Absolutely. And so did campaign. I mean, like, we can give him shit at the beginning, but then we still got to give him his flowers, too. True. True. But, man, Jay, I need it. I Jay, need it next year. Se- I need shown. it next series, and I need it consistently throughout the entire series to feel safe about this team going down the stretch. Because when it comes down to us playing the Golden State Warriors, which we're going to play, Memphis is too young. Memphis is too young. They're, they're dancing. Yeah. John Morant is dancing when his guy is hitting a three-pointer when it's 10 to Foolish. 12. In the playoffs. In the Foolish. Game, I, I did see one. that. That was today, I mean, right? That hey, was today, yeah. Was entertainment today. purposes that. only. I love it. Let's put it on Twitter. But that's a young team. They're not going to pull out this series. No. So I need it. I need that those shots to be hitting when it comes down to playing Golden State. And I need those shots to be hitting in the finals. Or else it's going to be the same thing as last year. We're not going to be able to close. Because we didn't have enough firepower on our end. Yeah. And these store, I know Cody. I want to. I want to hear what you have to say. But these, oh no, I was just gonna ask you guys a question. Yeah, go for it. Shoot. What do you guys think about Mikel Bridges' game five? 
Incredible. All-time performance. Same as Chris Paul's Game 6. All-time performance. And that's the thing. That's what I love about the Suns. And then I keep saying they're the deepest. Not just their bench, but their roster. You can... There's games where you can go to Bridges. There's games where you can go to Aiden. Aiden had a game, I think, a 20 and 15 game or something close to that. Uh, he scored 28 in one of them, right? For Aiden? Yeah. Yeah, game three, they, I think. Yeah, and they they have guys that show up when they need to. But then there's those scary games. We had at least one game, I, I think it was two or three, where they are, nobody showed up. It was just a no-show from the whole team, and we got fucked. And and then it looks—it's a bad look when you're the one seed getting railed by an eight seed. And but and and that's what I keep—I keep telling myself, but it's not worth the argument. Is that they're not a true eight seed? Because like I've said, if they had CJ McCollum from the tr- from the start, they're not an eight seed. They're probably a four, three or four seed. I'd put, yeah, I'd say top five. Um, Easy. I wouldn't be surprised if they're top five next year, especially if they can oh, get Zion, they get back, Zion too. back. They're talking uh, about an extension for him. I mean, I think the that other thing, too, yeah. uh, Brandon Ingram missed, like, th- at least 10 of the last, like, 18 games or something like really? that. So, yeah. you know, that puts them where they were. But Well, they started dog shit. Weren't they, like, 2 and they 13? Start, yeah. yeah, they didn't start very uh, good. 1 and 13? Thir- Can I just say, one Brandon and th- Ingram? 1 and 13 or one and 13? Like yeah. Some, yeah. Cra- some crazy. How do you yeah. lose? Yeah, yeah. I, I have been, I've been hot on Brandon. I have one more question when you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. I've been hot on Brandon Ingram. He's a solid talent. Um, I just think he's Walmart Kevin Durant. <laughs> I had to say it. But that's not bad. I would take Walmart what? Kevin Durant. Because if you put Walmart Kevin Durant with CJ McCollum, who's like a solid all-star too, and uh, Zion, who's like a, a world star hip-hop talent type talent where he can get the dunks and give you 35 games a year, and you pray to God that he's healthy for the playoffs. Because that motherfucker, he's borderline. He's, he's either going to be Greg Oden or... Uh, LeBron light. I don't know. Like he's he's like thick LeBron. Like he could fucking kill he's it. Leaning towards Odin. Lethic. 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 But yeah, he's he's going the Odin route, and I don't want to see that for him. But I hope not, man. I really I really like him. I like he, he's just different. It's a different pace from what the game is today, where you know it's all about those catch and shoot threes or those deep thirty footers, the logo shots. He he brings me that you know older nineties feel. Um, banging down low and handling business and Ooh, giving Mike, guys the work. You know low. what I'm saying? You're banging. But I, I, overall, right, we've seen this team um, it, from where they were and where they are now and watched the progression throughout the season. And it's okay to be a little, uh, to be nitpicking at certain things because. We know where we want to be, and we saw what happened last year down the stretch, and we couldn't get we couldn't get it done. So we have to have these conversations about okay, the guys who really got to step up, Jay yeah. Crowder. I, Jay Crowder, I need four for eight. I need fifty percent shooting from you, right? Campaign, I need fifteen a night off the bench. Yeah, you know, Cam Johnson, same. I need twelve minimum every night, every night. So I don't. Obviously, you get a little bit scared. Was there ever any doubt in the first round? I don't think so. But you know where this team can be. I mean, we've seen it all this year. So it's just hard to watch sometimes and be like, man, you know what you got to do. Now let's just handle it. Yeah, exactly. And I think if they tighten up the ship, if they start getting to where we know they're capable of being, it's going to be all right. And we'll be back in the finals. 
Um, and like and like you said, um, Golden State is the they have veterans, Steph, Draymond. They're gonna roll the young Memphis Grizzlies, and maybe not roll, but they're gonna win that series. Um, I think it'll be six. It'll be but six. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a close game today. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And that'll be the difference. It'll be good games. It'll be close games, pushing the pace. But well, the Warriors will up. find a way to yeah, close it out. Just. With with all of are your you guys ready for expertise. my question? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say real quick. I wanted to. I, I we're gonna look maybe at maybe more at the bigger picture of the NBA playoffs and talk a little bit about the East Coast potential matchups and a finals matchup. But yeah, Cody, go go ahead. You had one more question. Yeah, no, just just for you guys, just for something super quick. Um, so there's one series in the book, right? Would you tomorrow pay DeAndre Ayton a max deal? Go. Chris, you want to start? Chris, you can start. Um, so I think just, just off this one series and what you saw during the regular, off this series in the regular season, and I would even say looking from last year to this year, um, DeAndre Ayton has shown that he's maturing into the role that we need to play, and he's going a little bit more stronger at the basket, but. Also, he's kind of trying, I think, to prove us wrong where he doesn't want to be that assertive guy that just slams on motherfuckers' heads. He wants to be a little bit of a finesse player that hits the hook shots and, like, the fadeaways. And he's even starting to extend. We've seen him pull up for three-pointers a little bit more frequently. Um, I know I'm kind of dodging this question as I kind of think about it, Um, but... (laughs) No, you're it's get, hard. You're getting to it. It's hard because Devin Booker's the star, and he's the he's the. Ooh, okay. I just remembered another question I'm gonna ask. But okay, um, Devin Booker's the stud. We've already paid. He has the max, right? Um, you can't pay too many guys the max. Um, Chris Paul, you've locked him up now. I think until only next year. Is it only next? Right. This year, next year? No, I think. Oh, he's, they give him three. I think it's three years. 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 Yeah. At I least think three. he's under contract for the next three. It was longer least. than I expected. Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. It was a three or four year total yeah. deal. Yeah. He's um, not play. There's only so much money to go around. So if you give eight in the max, oh, and they locked up uh, Mikel Bridges. So, um, you know, Robert Sarver has to be willing to exceed the cap a little bit, pay that luxury tax. Um, well, if they win the finals, he'll do it. That's it. That's what it is, Cody. That's what it is. It's That's what this season was all about is – and and that's what's kind of not fair to DeAndre. In my opinion, I feel like it's on the team as a to- as a total. Because if Sarver feels like he can keep selling out the season tickets, I mean, honestly, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna quit dodging. It. Yes, they're gonna pay him the max. They're gonna pay him the max, and they're I gonna agree. keep him. But would you pay him the max? Yeah. I, I yeah, would I would pay him the max. Would you, Mike? Are you Cause, confident? Because a core, a core for look at outlook of, of the next two three years of a solid core of Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Chris Paul. And Devin Booker, you can plug and play veterans on Wait, veteran how come deals. You left out and Jay Crowder, Just you don't. Come on, <laughs> come on now. And Cam Johnson, and that's the thing. That's what sucks is because Cam Johnson's gonna have to go. He's gonna go get paid. Um, Javel McGee, um, he's getting to towards the end, but um, it's just gonna be a thing where there's only so much money to go around, and there's only so far you can go over the luxury tax and. Love it or not, I mean th- that's the good thing. The Suns are making their money. They're selling out the arenas. They have a ton of merch. Devin Booker, I'm sure, is selling good jerseys. And you're starting to see, um, especially I see a little bit on social media, um, fans in other cities 
And whether they're people that were born in Arizona or were Suns fans originally and moved out there or not, I feel like our reach is expanding. And it's this, it's the fair weather nature of sports, you know, because people want to f- that are not really committed or don't live in a city with a sports team, they la- they pick someone. And usually it's the team that's good at the time. Like there are so many people that became Yankees fans just because they were the really good team when they were kids and they have no affiliation in New York whatsoever. Um, so I think it's great if Phoenix, no, a few of those, if too many, too many, too many, man, Way too many that's another here. conversation for another yeah. day, but, um, okay. so he's going to, you're going to pay him. Mike, you're going to pay him. I, I, I'm, I paid him yesterday. Oh. I paid him two months ago. I paid him before the season started. I paid Deandre. Aiden. You got to lock him in. I got to lock him in. Don't now, you love how he can like, sorry. Don't you love how. Da doesn't get his deal before the season starts, but he's still so awesome through the whole regular season, right? And and, that, and then Kyler Murray has to sit here yeah. and bitch and bitch and bitch. But Da's like, you know what? I'll show you why you need to pay me. Which I wish Kyler Murray would do the same. But go ahead, sorry. No, that's a hundred percent it, man. That's a different mentality, especially for some, from somebody as young as him. You know, he put his foot in the ground and said, "Hey, this is what I'm worth. I'm not taking what you give me." Okay, you're not going to give it to me. Okay, I'm going to show you why I deserve it. And, man, these young kids, it's different nowadays. Exactly. I mean, we're seeing it with Kyler. But there's a whole big thing that I could talk about with this. You you restructured Chris Paul's um, contract so you could do things like Sam uh, sign campaign to a smaller contract. You've locked in Mikhail uh, at a very friendly team contract of what? 20 mil a year 30 mil a year no just over 20 20 just over like four years 80 something you have booker already signed for a while once his deal comes around after he's all nba first team and whatnot you'll sign him to the super max which every team is allowed yep you sign deandre ayton to the max because your core is devin booker mikhail bridges and deandre ayton now i didn't say chris paul doesn't mean he's not going to be here for the next two years it's because those are your foundational pieces for the future. I need DA. I need him. His growth in his game has been DA, remarkable, man. His touch around yeah. the rim, his mid-range game, you can just count on it. When he goes to the free throw line, I'm not worried. Nope. His intensity has finally stepped up, which we were always worried about for a very long time. Yep. You can see even in his touch game when he goes down into the post – he will bully guys to give him that space to do his little floaters now. Mm-hmm. It's him understanding that he's a beast oh, and that, he's a guy. To, shot? Exactly. Automatic. He's a guy to be yeah. reckoned with and he yeah. can push guys around to get what he wants. If DA is available on the stock market, I'm investing in DeAndre in stock because he's a young guy and he's only going to get better. And Cody, you're right. The comparison is remarkable. DA and Kyler Murray... Um, I don't want to make this a Cardinals topic, but the maturity level, you see the difference. DeAndre Ayton obviously wanted the extension before the season started. He didn't get it, so he said, fuck it. I'm going to put my head down, keep working, because I believe that if I keep working hard and show the maturity and trust in myself and my teammates, that I'm going to be okay and that this team's going to take care of me. And I know I, that's maybe I'm I maybe this will burn me because maybe he doesn't get that deal and I'm speaking too early but I think they like you said I think they are going to pay him because I would pay him you would pay him I would pay him too I think and you're spot on with everything you said the NBA is still uh, you still have to have size right and if you have a guy who can 
play at his size with touch and still have, be physical about it. I wish he got more rebounds. You got to have guys like that. <laughs> but he. Oh, I mean, I wish that he was a twenty-eight, fifteen guy yeah, every night, know, which he honestly should be. And but he's moving in that direction. That's what I was exactly what I was going to say. He's, he's, he's showing the progression. He's getting better every year. He's showing more maturity, and he's showing that he can be more physical and that he's willing to do the work. And I think if he continues that mindset, and if especially if they pay him, that'll be motivation. Uh, so, and if they keep winning, because I think another finals appearance is inevitable. And like you said, like we like we're speculating, it's going to be Golden State next. Golden State will be a five to seven game series, and then in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're looking at Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or Boston. And uh, Milwaukee got a game it's on Boston Bucks. today. Yeah. Made him look real bad. That's it sounds like Marcus guess. Spart is hurt on the defensive player of the year. No, that, he dislocated his shoulder, but he um he came he back, back though. Yeah, he came back. Oh, back. that's impressive. Yeah. Um and he's a tough guy. So yeah, he's a tough guy. You don't win defensive rookie or you don't win defensive player of the year by being a soft guy. So Yeah, but the Bucks didn't even have Middleton and they kinda made light work of the Granted, it was Yeah, that's a good point. That's it was fair. a good game. It was competitive, but they just I don't know, Bucks really kinda just blew it out towards the end i i need the celtics to win this series man i don't know dude. i need it, it, it so bad it didn't look like they really had a, a good shot mike but. what's your prediction for the eastern and mike and cody what's your prediction for the eastern conference finals what do you think the matchup is going to be looking at this bracket well um Embiid's got a broken face did you guys see that yeah, I did not. What? Yeah, he's got like Broken an orbital, orbital uh, bone fracture. Ooh, that's serious. Yeah, so he's gonna miss the. He got? Did he take like an elbow? How'd that happen? Yeah, who elbowed him in the face? Uh, Siakam. Siakam did. That's right. Like nice. two minutes he, left in the. Yeah, he was doing like a. Game. He was doing like a uh, yeah. drive-through like spin, and it was kind of incidental. Ooh. Like uh, Siakam was going up to finish and wrong place, wrong time. He yeah, took the took the elbow right in the chin. Yeah, he took it. Or he, right in the he eye. He ran yeah. like right off the court. Damn. Um, so Embiid didn't so because the Heat are the higher seed, so they're playing the first two games in Miami. So Embiid didn't even travel with the with the team, so he's not playing the first two games. Well, and then he's dealing with that finger, that too. Yeah. So then that's what I was like, damn. Um, I don't know. I still, I think the Sixers pull it off. I think it's Bucks Sixers because I like Maxi. I like Harden will show up hopefully. I like. Uh, Tobias Harris. I I don't know. I don't believe in Butler. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I don't think Philadelphia has a chance without Joel Embiid. Are we gonna take a bet? He's only gone for the first two games. Uh, I dude, will they already. You, set... I will bet you five Gardettos. <laughs> I will take <laughs> five that Gardettos. That is a good. I bet. will. Wait, I, I will, only have four Gardettos. I will bet you the freaking um the box. Like the fifty box of the snack size from ones from Costco. That's good. Bet. Or Sam's Club. That's good. Whichever you prefer. Just like just just end but result. But even right? if he comes back, he, they already said that he has to have surgery on that finger in the off season because it's like partially torn. Didn't like he's matter. playing he through it. He scored like thirty two points in that last game where he broke uh, his fucking face. Uh, Miami is a, is a, a better built team. I I just think that they win, and I think they win in six. Um, I want Boston to win so bad. Well, Miami, played. but I think the Bucks pull it out. So I'm saying know. probably Heat Bucks. Um, I go Heat Bucks. I go. Uh, I think Sixers Bucks. Sixers Bucks. Yeah. Um, I just if if that's really true about Embiid and if he's going to be out a while, I think yeah Miami is pretty solid. Uh, you got 
Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, um, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. But Lowry's been hurt, too. He, he hasn't hurt. been playing for Miami yeah. for yeah. a while. Fair. Drogic. Is he still in Miami? No, Drogic uh, went to the Nets. the Nets. Okay, I got to get hip to the game. Adebayo. But no, I think... Oh, Adebayo. Bam, Adebayo. Um, yeah, that's a good good point. Um, yeah, Miami is a, a more solid-built team right now if Embiid's out. Because if Embiid is healthy, I'd probably pick the Sixers. Um, but, I mean, obviously, look, looking at it... But Embiid's coming back. He's only out for two games. But look, look at Cody. Look, Miami's the first seed... For a reason, he's gonna wear the mask. They earned that first seed for a reason. <laughs> but the East, the East is weak. The East is weak. Well, that's crazy that Milwaukee is only the third seed because, Bo- like I said, Boston was balling out, and Milwaukee is the third seed. But so okay, getting to the point, I think it's gonna be Miami, Milwaukee, and then I think Milwaukee is gonna be in the finals. Fuck. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah. But moving away from the playoffs and the NBA um, specifically. I wanted to talk about a, a more valley specific topic and something that's a little bit sport, a lot sports, but a lot cultural to the valley too. And um, it's something that I saw brought up on ninety eight seven. I forget which show it was. I think it was Burns and Gambo, but I'm not totally sure. But regardless, um, I told Cody we had to wait till we had uh, Mike in here to bring up this topic. Um, but I thought it was a really good one, and and it was that Larry Fitzgerald versus Devin Booker as a Valley icon. And I think the the argument was who's going to be, at the end of the day, who's going to be more of the figure or transcendent or whatever. And I think it's, if you look at the accolades and the trends, eventually, in my opinion, it's going to be Devin Booker over Larry Fitzgerald. And it's no fault of Larry that he never won a championship. He was always a great receiver. But he's kind of a quiet guy. He does his golf, but and he does his community charity work. But he's not like a vocal guy. Where Devin Booker is a little bit more expressive, more successful in what he's doing. What, what's your guys' take, where, Larry, over Devin Booker, Valley icon? Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I think it. There's so many different levels, and I think a lot of it has to do with what have you won. Um, even just within the Suns franchise, you could say, okay, who was the greatest son, um, in the past 30 plus years, you could probably say, well, here, I'll take you down it. It was Charles Barkley for a time because he got the Suns to the, uh, the finals. Of course, they, they didn't win it. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get over the goat. And then it was Steve Nash because he has two MVPs. Yep. Charles Barkley doesn't have one. And now even who's the best point guard for the Suns? Some would say Chris Paul because he got them to the finals. And Steve Nash could never do it. He only got us to the Western Conference Finals, I think, twice. So it really all depends on legacy from, you know, performance-wise in the finals and if he can really get uh, the Suns to the promised land. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has one of the greatest wide receiver playoff players performances of all time that was a tear you know yeah absolutely so that already cements his legacy there and football is such a different sport whereas one man can only do so much and he put them within two minutes and what 34 seconds or 16 seconds i can't remember obviously too much time yeah um if he keeps going down the road that the route the road that he does and continues his work within the community and the huge grants he gives to nonprofits and 
just is a staple within the community and wins here and wants to be here, I could see him overtaking Larry. Now, this is still years down the road because Larry has almost 20 years behind him. He, uh, what, he was drafted in 2004. Uh, everything that he's done for the community, the player that he was. Come on now. Fuck you, Siri. Siri. Damn. That's tough. Um, <laughs> the man that he is the leader that he is, it's where Devin Booker is heading. And I could see him overtaking him, especially, you know, people are always looking at what is now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker can bring the Suns and the, in the Valley a championship. I could see him overtaking Larry. I don't know if it would happen, say the Suns win the championship this year. I don't know if it would happen right away. But if he continues his career with the Suns, signs another Supermax deal, plays 15 plus years with the Suns yeah and has consi- uh, consistent success absolutely but Larry's yeah. Larry there's there's a reason they call him legend of course of course and there's it's not to diminish anything Larry's done in the community obviously he's been a pillar in the community and a great guy and um I was me and Sabrina were talking about this like uh, there's a lot of pressure on pro athletes specifically and celebrities more broadly to be role models for young people. And I personally think that's unfair. Like you're just, you sign up to be an athlete. You don't sign up to be a role model. Like it's a great when they do. I love to see it, but they're not required to. But the fact that they, the guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Devin Booker, they both embrace it and they give back and they do it. Like you and I have firsthand experience with a guy like Vontez Perfect, and I don't know what kind of community work or activism he does, but he he's kind of out by Juju Smith. He's kind of a douche, like Mr. Perfect. But um, he's great at ASU. That's that's kind of you know getting too off topic, but um, I just think you know you look at Devin Booker. He's 25 years old. He's already been a three-time All Star. Um, he, you know, are you know he got in there. It doesn't matter. He didn't necessarily was at least one time was a legitimate vote in. Yeah, this this year. this year, right? But all the, they'll just look at the number. They'll just see that it says three time. Yeah. Well, five years from now, when he's a six seven time All Star, they're not even going to remember those first two times where it was technicalities or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And so far, though, it's comparable. Devin Booker has a Finals appearance. Larry Fitzgerald had a Super Bowl appearance. Um, they both came up short. Played great games. I think Larry played a good game in that one. Great game. Mm-hmm. Great game. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Who, Cody? Who won that? Who that Super Bowl? Who were the? What were the two teams? Shut your mouth. No comment. I Sh- I, re- I forgot your, which. Uh, shut your. Dude, Mike and I are gonna rip this fucking flag <laughs> off your wall right now. <laughs> uh yeah, um. Mike. <laughs> Unfortunately, anyway. I, I need I need to get some Cardinals gear in here, but um. Right now, Cody and Mike are in here recording in the studios, and uh, I got a giant Steelers flag and the Steelers country, no parking sign. So um, they're kind of out of bounds here. But no, I love the Cardinals too, obviously. You got to root for the home team. They're my NFC team. Uh, Steelers are my AFC team, if that's allowed. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Um, so it sounds like Mike and I think that Booker has the potential if he stays in the Valley and continues on course to transcend Larry Fitzgerald as the Valley legend and really be that guy. Am I, is that, is that on, on base? I mean, he's had a very similar career to Larry, you know, went through the mud to start his career. Yeah. You know, it had very, very tough times to begin 
Larry, I mean, how many quarterbacks did he play with? Oh, so a many. Thousand. A dozen. Uh, yeah, several. Over. I feel like it's over a dozen at least Easy. at this point. Easy. You know, but was still a, a consummate professional. Uh, did his job, went to work, and showed up when the time was uh, was now and the lights were brightest. So they both have shown that time in and time out, at least within their careers, when it was those time frames. I mean, what, 2015 was the last time that the Cardinals made a deep run um, yeah. with Carson Palmer and David Johnson. That was his rookie year, wasn't it? Wasn't it 2016? I think that was David Johnson rookie 2015 year. 2015 or 2016. All I remember is... Th- I think it was 2015 because the when we got Carson. killed by the Panthers, that was when we took that picture of Chris right down by the <laughs> yes, uh, the yes, trash can yes. with his hands in his heads, and we put Cardinals 2022. Oh, the prophecy! Year. So the prophecy do we know where still alive? Right? We were thinking it maybe could, last year, but this well, year this, is still technically is 2022. Yeah, this 2020. it still so, counts. Yeah, yeah, because right. it could be because this is yeah this is the 2022, 2023. Well, I think they say even though the season will stretch until february i think it's still considered 2022 season where it starts okay so this is the true prophecy so this is the true prophecy this this is the year okay this is it okay i wish we could find that Fuck. How that did was, that get in there? That was one. That was one of the sound bites I used to censor things. Um, it was Cody <laughs> pretending to be a dolphin from a previous episode. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if that was from an actual podcast or an exclusive podcast. Um, I think it might have been an exclusive one. Might have been. Um, I we'll we'll let uh, you want to meet Cody. You want to his... meet Mickey Mouse? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll let Cody. Wait, but I have one thing. I'm just. I'm well, very yeah. sad. I'm sitting here patiently. I'm very sad that. Larry has kind of finished the finished the career the way that he has. Yeah, very and, unceremonious. And obviously, that's a testament to the person that he is. But man, all I wanted to do was give him his flowers and send him off right, right. into the sunset, letting him know that he is the greatest Cardinal of all time. But I mean, that just lets you know what kind of person he is, and he's not just all about me, 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 and. Right. I'm just so sad. We're never going to see him suit up in a Cardinals uniform again. We're never going to see him suit up again, ever, Period. in general. Yeah. But nah, He's going to be cliff jumping in fucking Brazil or something. More power to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so wait, so yeah. my turn? Yeah, no, so yeah, Cody, exactly. Um, like, So, no, I wanted to set this up for you real quick. Go um, ahead, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to say, like, you know, obviously you are becoming more of a basketball fan than you ever have been. But primarily I've always known you to be a huge Cardinals fan and football first kind of guy. So obviously you grew up, we all grew up with Larry Fitzgerald being the guy and he was the most consistent because he played on the Cardinals his whole career. And now Devin Booker, he's a young guy. He's 25. So he's 13 years younger than Larry Fitzgerald. Um, But obviously already accomplished so much. So yeah, I am very curious. What's your perspective on this question about Devin Booker versus Larry Fitzgerald? Because obviously Larry Fitzgerald pretty much has his whole resume out there and Devin Booker is building his resume right now. Yeah, so let's... um, Okay. I'll I'll say... I'll say it straight up first and then I'll I'll go into the details. Um, Right now as we talk, no, Devin Booker is nowhere close to Larry Fitzgerald in a stance of Arizona's hometown guy, right? Is he going to get there? Is he on the right track? Yeah. Right now, Arizona Arizona's guy is Larry Fitzgerald for sports. 
Um, the reason why is because think about, um, so you started off saying, you know, uh, Fitz was there through, you know, the thick and thin or whatever. Book has been there since when the Suns were terrible. Correct. But like when we're talking about marketability and popularity, um, football's, I think in this town in the last five, six years, even seven, ever since Kurt Warner and well, when we lost Steve Nash and the whole that whole era of the Suns team, this, the Suns' popularity just went down, right? And the Cardinals went up. So we were a Cardinals, we were a football town until recently. So the Suns' recent success and their popularity has skyrocketed. So right now, Devin Booker is getting all the love. He's getting everything the last two years because they went to the finals. They got all this, right? So they're getting all, all the spotlight. So Book is building it right now. But Fitz was consistent with it. He always had it. So he shined when it was, you know, when the light was dim. Not saying that um, Booker didn't do that either, but it's easier to shine when your team sucks when you only have 16 games versus, you know, 72 games, right? There's 72 games, right, in a basketball season? Yeah, it's well, and it's hard to compare also if you look at the roster size. An NFL roster is 52 players, two sides of the ball, versus an NBA roster that's 15 and maybe an eight-man rotation. So Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm scheduling, even if I'm just a, a regular football fan, I'm scheduling my Sunday around watching the Cardinals game, right? Oh, yeah. And then, like, given any during, or any given week, there might be three Suns games, you know? So people are watching Larry Fitzgerald more than they might be watching Devin Booker until, obviously, the last two years. So what I'm saying is yeah. people are seeing more Fitz and not thinking about Devin Booker when he was early in his career. So... That's why when I started off, um, what I was going off of, um, Fitz is still obviously on the top. I mean, shit, he owns, uh, he's a, a minority owner of the Suns. So he's, he's, he's invested in that whole thing. But he's, he's got it now. Book is working towards it. If, so how old is Book? 25. 25? How long do you, get, do you guys think he's going to play for? Um, he is showing that he's going to have longevity. He's going to play into his late 30s. You think so? Without a doubt. So you can give him another 12 years? I think he loves it that much. Yeah, another okay. 12 years. How many How many championships do you think they win in 12 years? Oh, Hopefully two. At least a couple, yeah. I think he could win two to five. All right, so fuck, who cares if they win it? Because Fitz never won Okay, so, so first of all... um. I, I, Go ahead. I don't. This might be switching subjects, but I am starting to think I'm not. Un, I'm not in hundred percent sold that Booker's going to play his entire career in Phoenix. Oh, okay. That might be a hot take, but Mike, Mike, what do you think? Do you think Booker? I think he will. Going to find a way to stay here for life. Uh, dude, it's so hard, especially in basketball. I feel like. Yeah. There's only so many Kobe Bryant's that come around that play 20 years for one franchise it's becoming increasingly more rare it's just because there's so many different moving pieces and especially when you have such a smaller roster those are very big personalities trying to match with each other and just like any relationship any uh, professional relationship i mean you're gonna go through ups and downs and there's gonna be tough points obviously i could see something going i wouldn't say awry but you know 
you could get to a mutual po- point where everybody's kind of like, okay, like we had a great run. We've done amazing things here. Now yeah. you can go and try and do your last kind of hurrah wherever. I mean, we saw that with LeBron. Yeah, totally. But but if Booker leaves, he'll never pass Fitzgerald and the Arizona. You don't think oh, well, so? If he, no. if he played 15 years for... Or, no. Uh, if he played 12 years for the franchise, won them two championships, I would st- is um the Phoenix yeah. Suns all-time leading scorer um has made multiple All-Star games, has made multiple All-NBA teams. Well, it's well I could see that. If he yeah, brings no, up- but, I, but it, who cares what they brought home and gave to the people? It's all about loyalty, you know? Like that's what I disagree. Well, okay, well, well hold on. Um so even though he, if he's going to win, he's going to play 15 years, he's going to win, you know, two finals. But, like, if he doesn't play his entire career. So what, what would you think about this conversation right now if Larry went and played that last season with uh, Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl? How would this conversation go right now? Uh, he'd still be the greatest Arizona Cardinal of all time. Yeah, but... but and he'd would, still be the greatest... Be an argument? An argument for who? For Devin Booker to have leapfrogged him yeah. at this point? No, not at this point. Because Larry has, he has a way more tape than Devin Booker has. Yeah, he's done way more things for the Valley, way more things really, for the Cardinals. You really think Book's gonna leave? No, uh, no, not, dude, not they're gonna I give him a super no, max. Leave? I don't think it's over a, and over. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. But yeah, there's always a possibility. And yeah, and but I he's think, winning here. Why would he want to leave? He's getting paid. Well, he's not. Top That's dollar. what I'm saying. It's just very rare in the NBA for guys to make it through two super max deals or five year deals yeah. and then come back and sign a third one. No, I got you to finish off their career. It's. <laughs> uh, I, the NBA is such a a high traffic, high movement as far as roster goes. I mean, so is the NFL, but well, as of late, it's been crazy. But so I I just think it's more so the bigger thing when it comes down to championships, especially in a city that doesn't have very many. And that's that. Thank you. That's what okay, I was. So championships matter. Championships hundred percent. Well, hundred percent. Because listen, especially so here. even if he wins one, is he just automatically overfit? No, Cody. Listen to me. Listen to me. Obviously, we because the NFL is like you said, close. There's only sixteen games, but it's like that's the inverse, right? So NBA play they play eighty two games, but they have a fifteen man roster. That's NFL they have a fifty two man roster, huh? and they play eighty two. I asked you though. Yeah, and they play 82. a shorter season. So, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. But um, what I was gonna say is. You're exactly right. Championships matter. And so I, if you remember the 2001 Diamondbacks, you remember players on that team. You remember Matt Williams, Tony Womack, Junior Spivey, Luis Gonzalez, because it was one year and one solid team, but they won a championship. So it's instilled in your brain. You're not going to remember the Western Conference Finals team that the as much as like, I mean, me and Mike might like the Suns team, like Quentin Richardson, but they didn't win a championship. That team never won a chip. And so the teams that are more memorable are the championship teams. So like you say championships matter, but... Larry Fitzgerald never won a championship. So if Devin Booker wins a championship, I don't see how he doesn't surpass him. Well, you're absolutely right. Like, do you remember the team where the Cardinals team where we got whooped by the Carolina Panthers in the in the uh, conference championship? No, no one remembers that no, team. No, I no. remember Carson Palmer with five picks. What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, okay, of course I no, remember I, that. Okay, shit. Yeah. of course I remember that. No, uh, so championships matter. Of course they do. Um, 
but I'm talking as as a whole as uh, so it, so when it comes down to that it's, it's a popularity thing and book is playing into that popularity contest where yeah. they are the top two sports figures in this city there's no hint, there's uh there's no doubt about it you know like name someone better than like when you were talking about the the D-back shit that was Luis Gonzalez all the fucking soccer moms love Luis Gonzalez. They wanted to suck his dick, you know. And he's over Jesus here. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> my bad. Um, but you get what I'm saying. Like that was the cat. That was they took that name. That was the main name. And you know, he had the fucking walk off hit to win the, or excuse me, he scored the winning run to win the World Series. The, uh, the seven. Uh, what do you want me to jerk off the mic? Better? Yeah, like pretend like it's a dick um, and hold it in front like, of your mouth. Okay. And... All right. Jesus Christ. Because um, it's like it's very like. Yeah. You're good. You're good. You're no, doing great. I got, You're I got it. Okay. We'll get right. you headphones for the next episode that can reach. Okay. So you can... Was it out here and there and here? All right. Mike, because so, Mike, you can hear, right? You're here in the, the game. Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, Mike's good. You can, All right. It helps. I'm telling you, it helps. We, we, Me and Mike got headphones. I got a splitter, master splitter. Um, we're still figuring out this podcast and stuff, we guys. Pizza like, um, we did have pizza. We took a pizza break. Um, this is like... I, I, I'm going to do this mid plug before we wrap up this topic. You know, th- <laughs> this is the third episode of the heat check podcast. We're bringing Michael Benjamin a mid in plug. Yes, there is there a mini plug. Um, and, but we're just doing this in my house guys. We just got a, we, I got some equipment, I got some microphones and we're talking sports. We're giving you our take and thank you. If you're, if you're listening at this point, it means that you're dedicated or you fast forwarded to this point, but either way, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, but wrapping up this topic, um, it's, it's obviously we're talking about hypotheticals with Booker and Larry's Fitzgerald's resume is stone, stone solid. So, um, it's, it's not fair, a fair conversation right now. Maybe we can talk about this in 10 years. Um, if Devin Booker does win a championship, but, um, Mike, what are your final thoughts on this, uh, Devin Booker re Larry Fitzgerald legacy? My final thoughts are Larry Fitzgerald is the legend. He is the Arizona sports legend. He's put in his time. He's the put goat. in the work. He's been through the mud. He's done what he's had to do to be a consummate professional for this team. He's played with freaking uh, every quarterback you could ever imagine. And Kevin he's Cobb. loved Arizona. And he's been an Arizona guy. Absolutely. He, through thick and thin and has always wanted to be here and he has Don the Skelton. stats to prove it right he's been here for longevity he went to a super bowl so at least he has that on his resume Ryan he did Lee. his job in that super bowl so he's the greatest of everything that he's done Chris yeah. steve nash is still a better point guard as in far in terms of phoenix suns lore than chris paul even though chris paul has been to the uh finals yeah. Steve Nash has two MVPs. Steve Nash played two stints with the Phoenix Suns. Steve Nash has multiple All-Stars, has multiple playoff appearances with the Phoenix Suns. He beats them. Devin Booker has been a consummate professional. Has he been better than Steve Nash, though? No. 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 So that's what I'm saying. So Steve Nash doesn't but beat Larry Fitzgerald. How does Devin exactly. Booker beat Larry so Fitzgerald? So I'm going back to your point that you said, too. Sorry, go ahead. If Devin Booker <laughs> wins a championship this year, does he surpass Larry, Larry uh, Fitzgerald on the Mount Rushmore of Arizona sports icons? The answer is no. No, not yet. The answer is not yet. Not yet. But he has so much. But, but that's years, a great so notch in the belt. If, exactly. He will continue to rack up more all-star appearances. He will continue to rack up first second third team all nba teams yeah. he will consistently be uh an icon for arizona 
Um, he, if he plays five, six more years and has a championship ring with the Phoenix Suns, which would put him at what twelve years with the organization? I think yeah. this is number seven, maybe year. I think year so. Yeah, seven? he was 18, 17 or eighteen when he came. Up. Larry had what sixteen? That's yep. getting close. Yeah. If you start to get towards the fifteen-year mark and you have championship under your belt, he surpasses Larry Fitzgerald. Absolutely. But that's a conversation. For but far he's down got, the road. He's got to stick well, around. And the, the last thing I, w- I will say is like talking of Devin Booker and Larry Fitzgerald are both guys that do the community activism on top of being fantastic players on the field and on the court. Whereas Steve Nash, when he lived here, he did produce on the court. But uh, and he did. I don't know. He probably did some stuff in the community. But after his career was done here, he fucked off and could not give a shit about Phoenix. Where I, I guess that will be seen. It seems like Larry Fitzgerald's rooted here and will probably stay here. Um, obviously Devin Booker's well, yeah, still playing owns, here. He owns part of the Suns. He's not going anywhere. No. And, um, I don't know. I just think that, um, there is, it's, it's, it's not totally fair cause it's, com- there's a new generation and an old generation, but yeah, it's, it's yet to be seen, but I think Devin Booker has the potential, but you guys are right right now. Larry Fitzgerald has the edge. He's the Valley icon. Um, shit. I, I don't want to break this down too much. And if hockey had, just to, a side note, if hockey had more appeal. You're going to say donor? Shane Doan. Yeah. There, I know someone out there, if anyone out there listening might be a hockey fan, there's an argument for Shane Doan. He be, we he, already said fuck hockey earlier, so they stopped. We don't talk about the Coyotes because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of us know anything about the Coyotes or give any type of shit about the Coyotes. We were born in a desert. Why do we like hockey? We don't. No. You're going to go to a game next year, though? Maybe. When they move down Tempe? to Tempe? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Why not? Well, I like drinking. And I like it could be more exciting. So. <laughs> well, because that's the thing. That's the thing. Because you can justify going to a Cardinals game and making a day out of it because there's only eight home games a season. Exactly. It's an entire experience It's an experience. Yeah, but, but that at least you can go to the hockey game and then go get hammered on Middle Avenue. Yeah, but I don't want to do that on a Tuesday night when I got a, and I when I live in, <sighs> in east, the East Valley and I have to drive an hour plus to get out there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now I might actually be inclined to go on a well, Tuesday yeah, you're night. You're right. It'll be, it's it'd in be Tempe. like 10, 10 minutes 15 minutes for me. Place. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Damn, so dude. it's Why possible. Do I do like. I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to hockey. I do like hockey, but it's, it was bad when they lived in Glendale. So I'm glad they're coming back. Um, but Cody, you're right. It, hockey in the desert, um, not for me. So maybe we'll talk about that. Break that down on the next episode. But uh, what do you guys say? We're we break down how much we hate hockey. What do you guys say? We finish up this, uh, this third episode. We bring Sabrina in here and uh, talk, talk some pop culture. Sabrina, Sabrina, Sabrina. <laughs> Did you yell? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cody was yelling. So, um, Sabrina! we, Sabrina! we, Sabrina! Yeah, so we like to also bring a little pop culture spin in here, um, on the heat check podcast. We'll finish up this last 15, 20 minutes, um, on a topic I've been kind of following closely or Dev's definitely been following closely. Sabrina has also is the Johnny Depp V Amber Heard defamation suit going on in Virginia. And, um, the Cliff Notes version of this basically is that Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for defamation, and she is countersuing him. Um, so she he's suing Wait, her I for, 50... for defecation. Def- no, that's what you're doing in your pants every oh, time you my fart. Bad. Um, hey. No, no, no. So he's suing. I her... apologize, Christopher Heath. Thank you, thank you, Cody Tallman. <laughs> um, so 
It's Christopher Patrick. That's that's. <laughs> oh wait, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll just throw a dolphin <laughs> noise over there. Anyway, um, no. So Johnny Depp is suing her for fifty million dollars for defamation for an article she wrote in the UK Sun and um, UK Sun. I thought it was ah, fuck. I can't remember the American publication, the Washington Post. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's I don't know. They're for the Washington Post. I guess is based out of Virginia. But anyway. <laughs> That's been going on. So he sued her for fifty million. She countersued for a hundred million. But he's arguing that because of the statements she wrote in this op-ed that was published, that he was kicked off of Pirates of the Caribbean and Fantastic Beasts and suffered monetary damages. So we've been following this trial, and so far, um, in the it's slated to go for six weeks. I think we're going into the third week now. Yeah, yeah, the third week now. Um, Sabrina's gonna hop in here um, and join us. But hi, Sabrina. Hello, everyone. There you are. There you go. Um, but so it's been Johnny's case to present so far, and he had to lay a lot of background, um, show his career in through Hollywood and how he came to be, and how his value has increased over time through his works, starting with. Um, whatever the hell it was, um, Fear and Loathing, Edward Scissorhands, working all the way up to be Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, where he really made the most of his money. Anyway, um, him and Amber Heard had a very volatile relationship, and it's been shown that um, it was it was volatile. Like, Sabrina, how would you describe it? I, I think volatile is a, a good way to describe their relationship. I mean, not really too much else to say. It was there? I feel like there was um, obviously Amber, as it's shown in the case, has, was definitely more abusive. But I think it was an abusive relationship all around. Yeah. So anyway, it hasn't looked good. Um, and we kind of played through some of those clips. But like, Mike, have you heard anything about this case or anything going on with this? Uh, not too much. I think I was telling you guys earlier, um, I turned it on like the live feed and it was one of his buddies from Australia. I can't remember what his name was. Uh, older gentleman, but they were basically asking him kind of about his time that he spent with him, what, what he's done. Has he traveled? And he was talking, he was talking about, oh yeah, I've been everywhere. I've been to Japan. I've been Australia, obviously everywhere throughout the States. <laughs> and then they started getting into, um, have you ever seen Mr. Depp on drugs? Uh, and he yeah. basically said, oh, I've only seen him do marijuana. Um, and then they started asking, basically inclining to, well, have you ever been around him when he's done cocaine? He was like, well, you know, there might have been some times where he went into the restroom and he was in there a little <laughs> the bit longer than you, when one normally would, even if they're doing a number two. And and then they were like, hey, well, what about, um, you know, when he came out of those situations, was there anything different about him? And they just go about, oh, he was more alert. He was having more of a good time. They asked him about when he was on marijuana he was just like the general response oh he was more laid back he was more at ease and you know of course they show the action shots of johnny and amber just sitting there looking completely bored like what the hell have i right. put myself through um unfortunately i haven't really been keeping up too much uh, i think it's entertaining as hell obviously especially when uh two famous people are even more 
in the public eye and they're talking about their dirty secrets, I guess, if you could say. Yeah. Dirty. Dirty. Well, well dirty. and, and she... For, for some kind of shit joke from you, man. What's going on? Oh, well... I'm just waiting to talk about the turd scandal. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. There, there's two. Th- there's two major points. I guess we could talk about real quick. Is and that's one of them. Is um, Amber Heard took a shit in Johnny Depp's bed. Or a dog. And she blamed it on the dogs. And they had two tiny Yorkies. And Johnny Depp testified to that. Um, Sabrina, would you leave a shit in our bed? <laughs> just right to it. Just Depends on what away. you did. Dude, I'd shit in your guys' bed. <laughs> Except it might be like diarrhea, though. No, but I mean, we—I'd make sure you talk about it. Most couples get in (laughs) arguments. I'd think all, all, but most definitely, everyone's gonna have some disagreements here and there. But it—I remember when it first came out. However long ago it was, four, five, six years ago, when that report came out. She, it was one that it was a joke. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, that was a long time. They said I think the reports were initially that it was a joke, and then now I'm recently hearing that it was she's blaming it on the dogs. Cody, what would you do if you came home and there was a shit in your bed? I'd shit on top of it. I'm um, just kidding. Wow. Got to mark your territory. Um, no, I would just scoop it off and I'd flip the mattress. Call Burn the day. sheets. Burn um, Wait, if there was a shit on my bed. Human shit. Who shit on my bed? Um, yeah, Whoever you... Uh, I'd be worried that like I shit on my own you got, bed. Let's see... <laughs> Not your dog, but a human that you live with. Shit oh, on your okay. Bed. So human. Um, I'd probably vomit in their face. I mean, let's be honest here. If there's any shit in Cody's bed, it's only him. It's nobody else's. It could be Benny. Could be Beans. No. But he said human though. That's what I'm I saying. Said human, there's though. any yeah, human, human shit. Cody would shit in your bed. bed. It's just beans. It, well, it might be me if I eat a lot of beans. Right. Okay. So then the other event, um, Sabrina, is that Amber heard through a handle of vodka, a glass handle of vodka at Johnny Depp, and it hit his hand and a bar counter and it cut off his finger. It severed his finger, right? Do you know at what point? His fingertip. It wasn't like his whole finger, but it was his um, right middle finger, I believe. Wait, what was the background on that? Were they just in a general fight or yeah. did something well, happen? So or? they show a, a general trend and a pattern where they would get in these arguments. And at a certain point, Johnny Depp would want to just be like, hey, leave me alone. Let's go our separate ways. I want to get away from you. This isn't getting anywhere. You're, we're just bitching back and forth. And she would not let him. She would break down doors. She would bitch and moan until <laughs> it got to a point where he's just trying. He's sitting there for better or worse, drinking, trying to just be like, hey, we'll deal with this tomorrow or we'll deal with this later. And he's not wanting to engage in whatever the argument is. And she is frustrated with him not wanting to engage. So she chucks a handle of vodka at him and it, it, it his hand's on the bar and it hits his hand in the bar and shatters. And whether it was the impact or uh, shrapnel, it cut off his fingertip. And he ended up having to go to the ER and have it reattached. And Think about the force it would take to like, just throwing a bottle at somebody and cutting the tip of their finger off. I think it's worth mentioning that she actually threw a bottle at his head first. He dodged it. It missed. And then she threw the vodka bottle and it hit his hand. So she tr- she threw two bottles of liquor at this poor man. And and the whole... So wasteful. The whole um, pop culture, like, or whatever, the cultural impact of it is that... She, and, and to not get too 
whatever into this, but it started with her really taking advantage of the Me Too movement and she her claiming to be a victim and saying Johnny Depp was an abuser when a lot of the evidence points to her being more abusive or if not, best case, mutually abusive where they were both abusing each other and it was just a horrible relationship. But she tried to play the woman victim card and... It kind of ran with it and that's what the cause of the defamation suit overall is that she tried to garner sympathy playing the sole victim and it's just it's bigger implications in that regard is that what some of those voice recordings that came out where she was basically saying hey try and come out and say that you are a victim of abuse or anything like that yep. we'll see Tell who world, really Johnny. believes you that kind of stuff yeah Tell she recorded world, everything he and that might Johnny. and that might be her downfall she wait did, she was the one who did the recordings yeah i'm almost right. certain she was the one who normally was recording them um I don't think Johnny ever, at least to my knowledge, was the one who started recording or videotaping anything. He's probably too fucked up to even think to yeah. record. And, and she had multiple, she had a ton of... He's all coked out. <laughs> he was always, yeah, he was coked out. It sounded like he drank a lot of whiskey, he drank, he snorted a lot of coke, smoked a lot of weed. And it's funny because she would get, obviously there's like a, what, a 20 something year gap. He's pushing 60. She's mm-hmm. in her late 30s. Dude, I can't believe he was 60. I thought he was. Uh, Johnny Depp's old man, but um, Great, she she'd be mad about him like jamming with um you know old like old guys and it's like old rock stars and they're he's just like hanging that's out badass. with famous people yeah, yeah that's cool because Johnny Depp just wanted to be a musician originally that's what's kind of yeah because he had to lay his backstory yeah. he didn't even want to be an actor and he just kind of stumbled yep. into it um being in a Wes Craven film I um don't even know what the film was but it, it regardless from going from not wanting to be an actor to being jack sparrow and in one of the most memorable disney franchises of all time it's incredible but um it's only disney movie i'll watch yeah i won't i won't fully absolve johnny depp it sounds like he has his demons and obviously like being an addict is hard for anyone and and we've all i think most of us have known someone who's suffered from addiction um and it it sucks and you know i I hope for him the the best for him and for his family but for him to have to go through this i'm just i am team johnny um, and I think it's just terrible that she's been able to drag him through the mud. And honestly, I, I think the legally the case is going to result in either it being just a void, wash. a wash, nobody gets anything, or Amber Heard will win you know, so X amount of money because his career has been far more successful than Amber. She has nothing. She's yeah. Has she start uh, Aquaman was her best hit, and that was a flop. I mean, anyone? You guys got thoughts? Thoughts about Amber Turd? About the her, the trial in general, um, what you think the result might be? I think, I mean, I really hope Johnny wins. He probably won't, though. I think it's going to be a wash, kind of like what you guys said. But Dreaming's free, right? Yeah, and, and like, Sabrina, like, what you said that um, he may lose in court, but he'll win in the court of public opinion, right? She looks terrible. Go, no, Me? No, yeah. No, Amber. Oh. No, Amber. <laughs> what do you mean? You? What? No, I would have said Sabrina. You look terrible. Okay, okay. Sorry. Don't shit in my bed, back. Sabrina. Um. Sabrina's not allowed in my room. Anyways, um, yeah, I think it boils down to the fact that like Johnny's doing a great job of making her look like a big piece of shit. And I think the 
the, that's the best thing that his lawyers could do, right? Because when it, you boil it down to the fact that he's suing her over this op-ed, two sentences out of this op-ed, and what has he shown to prove in monetary losses? He has his testimony that Disney fired him three days later, but there's been no other evidence of the fact that he's had monetary losses due to this specific thing, right? He And it still could be because of the abuse and what Amber said, but she didn't name him in this, in this op-ed. So I think... Um, very strong chance he could lose if um, the jury's going to look at it that way. And that's what Amber Heard's lawyers are just going to try to keep it about. But I mean, who knows? I mean, they're absolutely destroying her in every other way. Yeah. What about when um, Amber Heard's, uh, Amber Turd, sorry, her attorney um, objected to his own question? <laughs> Yeah, there's been, there's been so <laughs> far... Embarrassing. It, uh, yeah, absolutely embarrassing. There's oh, been a lot of moments funny. like that where her attorneys like, just Hearsay. Look, yeah, <laughs> oh. re- they look really bad. Um. But um, they have to they have to counter the case that's being presented, and then they're going to have their chance to present their case. So we're about... We're getting to the halfway point. So, I mean, they do look... I think in, in the court of public opinion right now, like kind of Sabrina was saying, like Amber's side looks bad, but um, they're going to have their chance to present their case and try and make Johnny look bad. So... We'll see. We'll see who they bring forward and everything. But uh, maybe we'll have part two on this um, when we convene for the June episode. Um, There'll be a lot more to talk about. I'm sure. Definitely, <laughs> without a doubt. But um, I think. Wrap up by then. Yeah, it could. It could be done by then, and I think it probably will be. Actually, looking at the calendar, because well, I think there's three or we'll four have weeks. A decision up. by then. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a decision, and we can look at it more broadly. But um, who knows? With pop culture, it's ever changing. They might. We some- need to know who pooped in the bed. Who pooped in the bed? We could be talking about Jake Paul by then, though. Fuck Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Anyway, that's um, someone's bed. I would shit in ten times out of ten. You pooping in Jake Paul's bed? Poop, oh shit in Jake Paul's in bed. bed, dude! I'll eat Taco Bell for a week straight and go over to Jake Paul's house just to get it nice and mushy. Yeah, I'll shit in his bed and his mom's bed. Hell yeah! Well, thank you, Sabrina, for joining us for this section segment once again. Um, Mike, welcome. He's an official co-host. Hey. He is going to be here. Thank you, guys. He's a pillar. Um, no, I'm glad we were able to get this going. We're going to keep it going. Um, thank you to anyone who's listened this far in. Um, just We just have a lot of fun doing this. Obviously, we don't have any sponsors. We're not making any money. We're just doing this for the hell of it. So we really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back. Turd. We'll be Sponsor back. Sponsor me. And, um, for shits and giggles. Shits for and giggles. turds and giggles. For turds and giggles. All right. Well, play that play that horrible outro. We'll work on that uh, that music and figure it out. But thank you so much. Wait, what's the outro? Sitting in my belly, thinking about these hoes. All I do is poop in bed. Kill them like Amber. I poop. I poop them like Amber. Are you low in or am I low in? Simpson, something. Well, we can both be. Okay. Sitting in my belly, thinking about these hoes. All I do is kill them. Kill them like Nicole. Simpson flag crimson, smoke them like Winston's. I just bought a new chopper, I treat it like an infant. I lighten up a stogie, it's longer than a hoagie. Tribulations getting frishy, and I don't eat anchovies. The world kill them all, she answers when I call. If the cops pull us over, she gon' hide it in the drawers. See, I come from a place where stars never shine. A daughter is a